Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Guess what day it is, huh? Hump day! Good morning, everyone. Happy Hump Day from the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Carrie Davis, Matthew Rocchio, Randy Carricker. It's 7.01. Your time check's brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Good morning, Super Bowl champ. How you doing? I'm doing wonderful. How are you today? Good. Does that ever get old when I call you Super Bowl it, champ? It really doesn't. I mean, you know, <laughs> some people used to say former Super Bowl champ, but you're never a former Super Bowl champ. You're always, it's always present. It's in, the in ring, the right? Yeah, I still have it. Yeah, it's, not, it's not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> we got a busy day coming up for you. Should be a lot of fun. We're going to talk about the baseball winter meetings. This is the last day in San Diego for major league teams. Hopefully the Cardinals will do something. Bernie Federko will join us. We're also going to talk to... Uh, <laughs> just, you like that tone? <laughs> Anything. Yeah. Hey, hey. They, nice. they signed a pitcher who, despite me reading oh, his yeah. name four times last night, I cannot remember off the he top pitched, of my head this morning. I can't either. Pitched in double A last year. There you go. Yeah, I don't remember. You said something. All right, I'm just trying to. He did say something. Anyway, put a smile on your face this morning, Randy. Excuse me. As for Mizzou, they are getting ready for the Gasparilla Bowl in Tampa. And we're going to talk to Mizzou linebacker Chad Bailey later in the show. But we're going to start with your St. Louis Blues. How about your St. Louis Blues? (laughs) Playoffs, here we come. Oh, 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 slow down. Seven four win over the Islanders. Uh, last night, Josh Levo scores his very first for the Blues at the seventeen thirteen mark of the first period, and the Blues were on the board one nil. Cleared to Shen at center, laid it up to Levo with O'Reilly two on one. If they hurry, it shoots. They score. Levo kept it, shot it, scored it, and the Blues have taken a one nothing lead. Two forty seven to go in the first period. Islanders tied it by the end of the first period, but in the second, early on. Here's Bitten moving it in. They shoot, they score! Ivan Barbashev has put the Blues on top 2-1. to one. The assist and the first NHL point for Will Bitten. And the Blues have the lead, 16-09 to go here in the second period. Oh, Islanders, Will Bitten once shy. Or twice shy, I guess it is. <laughs> Once bitten, twice shy. Is that it? So it's 2-1 in favor of the Blues. Ryan O'Reilly scores before the second period. It was out to make it 3-1. Uh, and then Noel Achari scored early in the third to make it 4-1. And then moments after Achari scored. Says oh, oh, that one. Perenko shoots and scores with a wrist shot as he enters the zone. And just like that, two quick goals for the Blues. 5-1 St. Louis. 16-10 to play in the third. 
Ah, but there's the operative thing, CD, 16 to 10 to play in the third, and you know what the Blues do, right? They do it every they, – they, they've done it every game for the last eight, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> they allow three goals in a period. <laughs> Not great. No. <laughs> Parise <laughs> fashing and Pajot for the Islanders to make it unbelievably, <laughs> unbelievably a 5-4 game, and everybody's hands are shaking. They're thinking, what the hell is going on here? But the Blues were able to get a couple of empty netters, Robert Thomas and Nola Charia. Charia, by the way, with his eighth of the year into the empty net, and the Blues win it by a score of seven to four. When when they got that that third goal of the period, and it was uh what 25, 20 seconds after the the second one, I think I was like, oh my god, it's happening. Yeah, hey, here, here we go. Yeah, I think everyone. And if you're if you were watching that, and you said you didn't think that, you probably are lying to to yourself or to others that are in the room with you. You felt like it was about to happen again because it has happened over and over and over again. The thing that I did, like, if you listen to that audio when when Colton Pareko scored that goal, you can hear boo. Mm -hmm. They're so upset with their team at that point. But I told you yesterday, and I I said this, when you are playing the Blues and their coaches are telling, opposing coaches are telling their teams this, don't worry. They'll let you back into the game. Yeah, right. And and he, they were proven. I was proven correct. They let him back within a goal. And fortunately, uh, the Blues were able to fill, f- finish the game out and, and score a couple of more. But you gotta you gotta stop that. You you have yep. to stop that. You you scored enough goals to get away with it last night. But generally speaking, they have not scored enough goals to allow three goal periods over and over and over again. And there is something. Wrong with that. Mm-hmm. The Blues were outshot 13-6 in the first period, 14-13 in the second period, 13-9 in the third period for a game total of 40 shots for the Islanders to 28 for the Blues. Overall, Craig Berube's thoughts about the performance? We battled hard and uh, back-to-back games against a good team. Um, I thought we played a pretty good pretty good hockey game. Now got Harry in the third. You know, it was a tough call on boards, I thought. And we almost had that killed off. A uh, bit of a rush goal there, but, you know, I, guys battled. Guys stayed with it and battled and did a good job. And the Blues will play the Winnipeg Jets tomorrow night. We'll have the pregame for you at 6 from Enterprise Center and then the action at 7, Blues and Winnipeg. And then the Blues will be back in action on Sunday when they take on the Avalanche in an afternoon game. Good to get a win, though, just, just so that we can spend the rest of the week talking about it, the last game being a win. Yes, it is. It is A win is a win is a win. you got to get those. Um, but like I said, there are there are always things that can be cleaned up, and they mm-hmm. they have some things to look at on film and try to figure out why these three goal periods continue to happen and how we prevent them from continuing to happen. Yeah. College basketball last night, St. Louis U went to Iona, and they were smoked by Iona, eighty four to sixty two. Just a, an overall bad performance yeah, by the Bills. That's a bad loss. Yeah, it is. No? That's a really bad loss. That's a really bad loss. One of the things about playing in the A-10 is you have limited opportunities for good wins. And the the Bills have a good win against Memphis, but they had the opportunity against uh, Auburn, and they missed out. Yeah. Last night, you go on the road, beat Iona at the end of the season. That's considered a good win. They don't have a ton of opportunities to get good wins the rest of the year. In the, in the Big Ten, man, your Illini, who beat Texas, hey. by the way, in overtime last night, 85-78 at Madison Square Garden, you have 
what, 10 games in conference that are the opportunities to yeah. get good wins? Yeah, you're going to have, I mean, Iowa is always good. Purdue is always good. You're going to have Michigan those opportunities. State, Michigan. Michigan State, Michigan. You're going to have opportunities to get those big name type of wins. And uh, if you're SLU, you can't you can't lose that game. That's a, that's a tough loss for them. And yeah. On the road, but still a tough loss. You, you would think that that team uh, would be better prepared and, and play perform better than they did. Baseball, the Cardinals have obviously been the dominant team in the National League Central for the better part of 20 years. CD, at these winter meetings, they're being extraordinarily deliberate. They still have not made what we would consider a big move. They did sign that pitcher last night. I'll get his name for you here. Uh but here's the thing. Well, the Cardinals apparently are sitting on their hands waiting for a catcher to fall into their lap. And by the way, they signed as a free agent right-handed pitcher Guillermo Zuniga, who pitched in double-A last year for the Dodgers. Let's see. Six-year major league, minor, minor league career uh, between the Braves and the Dodgers. And he was in double-A Tulsa last year where he pitched in 48 games and had 11 saves. That aside... Yesterday, we talked on the show about the Cardinals finding a left-handed power bat in Cody Bellinger. Yeah. The Cardinals had eyes on him with Matt Holliday working out with him. He signs with the Cubs for a year and $17.5 million. Later in the night, the Cubs signed Jamison Tyone to a four-year, $68 million deal. All of a sudden, they have a middle to back-of-the-rotation guy to add to Kyle Hendricks, who's still there, and Stroman, who was great in the second half. They have a good starting rotation now in Chicago. They're adding to their lineup. They, they aren't great yet, but they aren't far away. For example, if they would go out and get Carlos Correa, the Cubs would be better than the Cardinals. Yeah. Randy. They would be. Oh, well, what are we doing? What, what are we I doing? I don't know. <laughs> what are we waiting on? <laughs> yeah. And if you go to stltoday.com today, Derek Gould writes about the Cardinals catching interests. And they have engaged Wilson Contreras. Apparently he wants a five-year deal. It's between the Cardinals and the Astros to get Contreras. And then the other team would get Sean Murphy. And it might be Murphy goes first and then the other team settles for Contreras. But one thing John Mozeliak told Derek Gould is if the Cardinals give Murphy, do three and a half million dollars, then they can afford to make other moves. The problem is, is that the goods are flying off the shelves here. And you just can't sit and wait and then say, well, okay, we'll spend our money to bring Corey Dickerson back. It just doesn't work that way. You you have to, I mean, this is, this is the time where everyone is making moves and everyone is making decisions. And the longer that you wait, the less opportunities to get the players that you want are, are, are available. And so, you know, I, I am patiently waiting, but, but leaning towards frustratingly waiting because I, I want to know what this team is going to look like next year. And I don't think, you know, we've been talking about it, Yachty retiring. You have to go out and find a catcher. I, there are a couple there. I don't know what seems to be, you know, the holdup in terms of going to get one of one of those guys because we, we know that those are probably the two guys that they're looking at. And I don't know how far the Cardinals went down the line with Cody Bellinger. The expectation was that he would get $20 million. And if you're the Cardinals and you had Pujols and you had Dickerson and you had Molina coming off of the books and you said you were going to increase payroll and you only want to get a one-year deal for a left-hand to bat, that seemed like, and he might be a abject failure with the Cubs. It just seemed like a logical move to me because 
one part of this free agent class that is limited is left-handed power bats. Yesterday, Taiwan Walker to the Phillies, four years, $72 million to fill out their rotation. He replaces the St. Louis area right-hander Kyle Gibson, who signed with Baltimore. Matt Strom also to the Phillies, the lefty reliever, a two-year deal for $15 million. The Giants presaged their deal with Aaron Judge by signing Mitch Hanniger, formerly of Seattle, to a three-year, $43.5 million contract. That's a nice pickup for the Giants. First baseman switch hitting first baseman DH Josh Bell goes to the Guardians, two years, $33 million. Left-hander Andrew Heaney to the Rangers, two years, $25 million. And uh, Tommy Canely, back to the Yankees, two years, $11.5 million for that hard-throwing strikeout right-hander. So everyone is seeming to move and get their things going. There was a movie a while back, five, six, five, six years ago, called Zootopia. It was a cartoon movie. Mm-hmm. It's a character called Flash. Flash was a sloth. <laughs> Flash well, one of the great characters in movie history. <laughs> Extremely Fantas- slow. Fantastic movie, by the way. It's an awesome movie. Flash, Flash, go get him. And Flash would just take his time. We are we are Flash. Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> what we are. Yeah. So that's Kerry. I'm Randy Matthews here, and you're off and running here on the opening drive. Coming up, it is Wednesday, and that means it's Ask Uncle Randy Day. You can get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line. You can send us a mic drop if you want with your 101 ESPN app. If you have any questions, it's the holiday season. Are you thinking about proposing maybe? Maybe during Christmas, New Year's? Ask Uncle Randy. I got some ideas for you, including microwave ovens here on 101 ESPN. Back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Got a question for Uncle Randy? Let him dive into his infinite well filled with wisdom to find you answers. Text 65780. It's Ask Uncle Randy on 101 ESPN. your text to the Air Comfort Service text line 65780. Uncle Randy is here. Cousin Carrie is here. Matthew is here to ask all of your questions to us. So Randy, how do I know that you're a good person to ask questions to? Do you have, do you have experience? Is, is that what it well, is? Well, not a, a ton of experience, but uh, there are people out there who have suggested to me that I, I have a little bit of experience. I've been around, you know. Now. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, it's. Uh, I will give you answers. I will not give you every answer, but as I go along, you might get more and more. No, I'm just getting warmed up. <laughs> and you might not like my answer. And if that's the case, you'll probably ask. What kind of a show are you guys putting on here today? <laughs> uh, I almost made him do a spit take. <laughs> <laughs> the way he says show in that, in the, what kind of show you guys is like, <sighs> amp, amp it down, Pacino. We, we love you, but dear Lord. Now, oh my God. one of the things that as I look, and I haven't studied carefully the questions today, but a lot of people running into a lot mm-hmm. of the exact same issues. You might say they are... Uh. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> that is my favorite movie, I'm telling you. Damn when he slaps his hand I together. Watched, I watched my cousin and Vinny um, <laughs> yesterday, not yesterday, two days ago, because we, we referenced it on the show, and it's just, every part of that movie is great, and then Randy honed in on a part that I, I noticed, but didn't even think about it. He just looks at me and just goes, ah, 
identical. <laughs> <laughs> just, that movie is perfect in so many different ways. Oh, man. I uh, would love to hear this. <laughs> All right, here we go, Randy. Ready. Oh. Uncle Randy, should I take a remote job that I was just offered? If you want the remote job and it's better than the job that you have, then absolutely. That means working from home. If that's what you want to do and you like the job, then absolutely you should. My preference, as y'all know, is to work in a place and come into the office every day. But from what I'm understanding is that most employers, the first question they get from prospective employees is, how often can I work from home? Is this a work from home job? So if you like working from home and you were offered that job and you like that job, take it. You know, the the pandemic allowed it was it wasn't a great thing, but there were some good things that came out of it. And and working from home for some people, it just fit their lifestyle better. I think it helps some companies because now you don't have to have a, a a building, a brick and mortar place where people have to come into you so you can save in, in that regard as well. Um, so if, if you are, as you said, if it's a job that you wanted or that you need, it pays well and you can and would prefer to work from home, I think you, you know, I think that's a good idea. When I was working on the fast lane, uh, a really good friend of mine who works at KMOX now, Chris Ranji, pointed out that the pandemic helped him realize that he just hated people and he wanted to be alone at home. Listen, Randy, I, the, the pandemic was, I, I had, I, truthfully, I am an introvert. I, I, I don't know if you all know that. I, I yeah. When I'm around people, I generally have to go home and, and recharge my battery for, for a few hours. And so it was almost like I had been preparing my whole life for the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> because that was like, I was like, oh, I don't have to go outside or be around anyone. Well, this is not that bad. I would do this every day anyway. Sit in the house. Who would have thought? <laughs> Kerry Davis would say, okay, you got to stay home and Kerry would go. Oh, boy, is this great. <laughs> I don't have to go. The best, uh, uh, not that one in the light of the pandemic because no, no. it, it was a bad situation. But when you did have to go outside and there were no cars uh, on the street. Oh, man. When it comes to like cardio and stuff like that, I've always been a sprinter, and that's how I am in social interaction too. I go, I, I go really big and really hard, really for for quick bursts. And then, but then I need to go be, <laughs> I need to go be alone for yeah. for eight hours before yeah. I talk to another person. So, right. so that, take the job if you like it. Yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, it's paying you more, and you don't have to. Try, Think about all the money you say by not having to drive yeah, right. things Good like point. that. Uncle Randy, how do I ask my wife to walk with her cane? Her knee is bad and we just got her medical attention, but she won't be patient. Thank you. Okay. Tell her that you texted into Uncle Randy. And the one thing that I can tell you about medicine is any work, and by the way, Carrie, I want you to chime in here. Any work that you have done is fruitless unless you rehab. And part of rehab for her is using the cane. If she doesn't use the cane, she's not going to get well nearly as quickly as if she doesn't. And there's a very good chance that she'll cause the injury to to bump up and bother her again. The best information, the best advice I can give anyone coming back from rehab is do the rehab. Do not get bored. It's boring. It's tedious. It's hard. It's frustrating. There are times where you feel like you've taken steps backwards from from where you were maybe a, a week ago or a few days ago. 
but just keep going and keep doing it and do the things that your doctor tells you to do. Because as you said, if you do not, you potentially run the risk of injuring that same uh, leg or, or whatever it is again. And then you have to start from, from zero yeah, and work so, your way up. So you go to her and say, babe, I want you to get better. And the way you get better is by listening to the rehab therapists and doing your rehab. You're going to get better much more quickly if you do that than if you don't. That would yeah. be my Uncle Randy's recommendation. I think that's a, that's a smart way, but I, I, can, I can see why it, it can struggle. Uh, dear Cousin Carrie, my friend says the Blues should tank for Bedard because it's tanking work for the Oilers, the Colts, and the Pens. The Pens maybe, but set him straight. Losing on purpose ruins the integrity of sports. P.S. He's never played sports, so he just doesn't understand. <laughs> yeah, okay, so there are... Can I add one th- quick yeah, thing here? Yep. The Penguins never tanked on purpose. Mario Lemieux got sick and hurt, and that's why they were bad. Yes. Also, also, one of the other great tanking things is the Spurs, who lose David Robinson and just go, we're going to suck so hard, get Tim Duncan, and then roll on a 20-year streak of just always winning. David it. Robinson got hurt, sick. too, didn't he? Yeah, you know I'm saying. He's, yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's he's David Robinson so, gets hurt, and they say, let's tank it out now, get one good pick and roll. I, I would tell your friend that there would be – you would have a tough time convincing a group of professional athletes that they are going to not play their hardest in order to to draft someone that that may or may not be the next greatest one or or may be the may you know flame out and and not even be that good. You don't know. There are there are reports that he will be, but you 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 never know. So I would tell your friend that that's probably not a route that you would ask grown men in a locker room that play hockey, that punch people in the face for a living to go and do. Um, and I'm never, I've never been a fan of tanking. I, because here's the thing. When you're a professional player, what you put on film is how you get your next contract. So if I am not performing well, if I am not playing well for the sake of the team or we are trying not to, not to do our best, um, then I put myself in a position where I can't feed my family and take care of myself. And oh, by the way, the Oilers, who have not won anything yet, they haven't been to a finals. Yes, they got McDavid, but they also finished last and got Neil Yakupov. We remember him. They finished last and got Ryan Nugent Hopkins. They finished last and they got Taylor Hall. Uh, the, that tank has not really worked. Also, you know, Demon is not going to be tanking anytime soon. Ooh. The New York Yankees. True. Nine years, three hundred and sixty million. Aaron Judge is going back to the Bronx. John Morosi on it first. Ken Rosenthal confirming. Again, nine years, three hundred and sixty million. Judgey. for your Yankee home run king. Thirty-one years old, Judge. Yeah, that's that's good. Yeah. You know, how much is that a year? Forty. Right. Okay. So yeah, good for him. Yeah, forty even. So Ooh. he's the highest paid position player. Good for Judgey. That is. That'll open the floodgates a little bit. <laughs> Let's get rolling. <laughs> Let's certainly hope so. Randy, we got one here. Hey, Uncle Randy, my wife and I have a major anniversary coming up. We aren't wealthy by any means, but we would like some fun in the sun to get away from our kids. Any suggestions? Southwest Vacations. And if you want to uh, work on a budget, just go to southwestvacations.com, and you can have some fun in the sun. They've got great trips, whether you want to do a tropical trip to the Caribbean or maybe you just want to go down to Florida. Uh, When I'm putting together trips, Southwest Vacations, I've had great success with the Southwest, so I would go there. Check that out. Yep, and right now, the uh, all-inclusives in the Caribbean are really inexpensive. So, yeah, absolutely check those out. That's a good deal. And go. have fun. And get away from the kids. Yeah, yes. Enjoy Rain, that anniversary. Rain, we didn't get a specific question, but did, did you have an update on, on recent like microwave oven technology that you think 
has kind of so, changed the game and brought well, it back into, into, changed, into vogue, if you will. It's, it's changed the engagement game because back in the day when I gave a microwave oven as an engagement rather than a ring, what's more practical, a microwave or a ring? You tell me. <laughs> Which is going to get you practical. But now slapped. everybody's got a microwave. The microwave was a relatively new invention when, when I provided it. So if there's a cool new invention that is a necessity that's the key then if you're going to uh, propose and your wife says you know what whenever i wear a ring i run it into a wall and i break it go with a microwave or something or akin. 85 <laughs> inch television 85 inch t- now i don't know i think that's more of an engagement present for you probably than her i mean it's a new piece of technology that's going in the home I don't see yeah. how it's this yeah. different I'd, from a microwave. I mean, well, the microwave was not for me. <laughs> An 85-inch TV <laughs> would be for me. Uh, so I'm kind of thinking of, the, of those lines. I'm not she completely devoid of feelings here. She watching Netflix, I'm sure, I yeah. think. Yeah. But you, you know what? Here's the thing. You buy an 85-inch TV for two grand, and next week the 90-inch TV will be out there for two grand, and the 85-inch will be out there for seven ninety nine. Yeah, you're right. There you go. Good things diamonds don't depreciate in value. That's true. Yeah. So utilize Diamonds Direct right here in uh, City Place. All right. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Randy. Thank you very much for your texts. We do appreciate them. Next up, we'll talk more about the Aaron Judge contract with the Yankees. Nine years, $360 million. And Ken Rosenthal is reporting that the A's want major leaguers for catcher Sean Murphy. But might it take only one major leaguer for the Cardinals? That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker, is this the best bet on yourself free agent season in history? Before the 2022 season, Aaron Judge rejected a Yankees offer of seven years, $213.5 million. And before 2022 is complete on December 7th, he agrees to a nine-year deal with the Yankees for $360 million. Pretty good, huh? Yeah, that's that's not not bad. You think that it's was- the best? I don't think there will be any any question that that is you you 140 140 150 million dollars more that you you made by betting on yourself having one of the all-time great seasons the 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 home run leader for for the uh, American League mm-hmm. just you can't do it any better than that and I, and I am certain as that as that Yankees front office was watching each game they were just scratching their head like please we want to win. We want you to do great, but stop hitting home runs. Mm-hmm. Stop, stop doing so damn well because this is costing us to the tune of $147, million, which if you'd have offered him two seventy, he you think he takes that? No, apparently he wanted ten years and three sixty before the season started. Oh well, so he's going to play ten years for about three eighty. Yeah, because he got twenty million dollars this season. Goodness gracious. That is absolutely amazing. CD, Bradford Doolittle of ESPN suggests that the Cardinals, if they wanted to get Sean Murphy, could do so by just offering Nolan Gorman. No more pitchers, no more other minor leaguers. Ken Rosenthal reported yesterday that the A's are in the market for major leaguers, major league-ready players, rather than young prospects for Murphy. And I don't believe 
that if you look at the teams that are interested in Sean Murphy, that they're going to find an available better young position player than Nolan Gorman. I don't think the Astros are going to give up Jeremy Pena. I don't. Th- I know they won't give up Kyle Tucker. I don't believe that the the Guardians are going to give up one of their top 100 position players because they just don't have enough of them. The one team that seems to have a spare part that was a top 100 prospect that it has played in the major leagues is the Cardinals with Nolan Gorman. Now the question is, if you're the Cardinals... This is a guy that's projected to be a 40-home run guy, right? and you have five more years of control with him. Do you move him for a catcher who would only cost you $3.5 million this year, and you have for three years of control? So if you if you feel like Nolan Gorman is going to be able to hit that many home runs, you would assume that he potentially could be your DH, even if he's not a, a, a starting everyday player. He, he, can, he can play utility multiple positions in the infield um, and in the outfield. He, he's a guy that you may not want to get rid of, but it will make sense as to why the Oakland Athletics will want him in return. But if you are the Cardinals and you have the confidence that Gorman is going to hit 40 home runs, don't you kind of make up for not signing a left-handed bat by just signing Wilson Contreras? Yeah. You you don't have to give up players. You give up a draft pick Correct. for Contreras, and you give up money for Contreras. But rather than having Murphy and Bellinger, you have Contreras and Gorman. And if you truly believe that Gorman's a 40-home run guy, at his best, that's what Cody, Cody Bellinger at his best was awesome. He was an MVP player. Mm-hmm. If he gets back to that level... If you're thinking 40 home runs for Nolan Gorman and a guy who could hit 265, 275, you might get similar production. Then you don't you don't necessarily let that guy walk out the door because if you don't if you do that if you go that route you don't get Wilson Contreras as as a catcher and you get Sean Murphy. So now your your ability to to hit has gone down drastically from what it would be if you were to keep Gorman and sign Wilson Contreras. Yeah, and what the Cardinals have to do is gauge the market. And right now, apparently, the hang-up, and Derek Gould suggested this in his piece this morning at stltoday.com, the hang-up for both Houston and the Cardinals, who are the finalists, reportedly, for Contreras, is giving him the fifth year. Mm. What's a fifth year? <laughs> what, what's a fifth year for $20 million bucks? Right? You're already paying him. I mean, I mean, you, you, you and you're going to get, you, you plan on getting what you need to get out of those first four yeah. years. A, a guy that is going to come in, hit the ball well, maybe not play the, 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 maybe not handle the pitching staff in the way that we've been accustomed to. Clearly, because we've had one mm-hmm. of the greatest catchers of all time here for the last twenty years. Um, but it's going to make some big time hits in some big time situations. I was going to ask you this. If you are the Oakland Athletics, you only need you lost a hundred games. Mm-hmm. You're only going to get one player in return for if, for a Sean Murphy. If it's a, a big time player that can be a difference maker for you, they got a lot of young players that are ascending for when they move to Vegas mm-hmm. in the Olson and Chapman and Chris Bassett and Manaya and Frankie Montas deals. They they've got a lot of young rising talent. But I think they want a face of the franchise kind of guy for when they make that move. And Gorman's ready and could theoretically be established the day they set foot on the field in Vegas. That would be I, – I, I don't – as I said all along, for me, trading away something that you believe is going to be uh, very good in the future doesn't make a lot of sense when you can go out and sign a Wilson Contreras. You got money. You weren't able to get the shortstop. Trey Turner's going to, mm-hmm. to Philadelphia. The center fielder is going to Chicago. So now – where is that money going to be allocated? Because it's going to be spent from what we've been told. So now where where are we going to spend that money? If you sign a catcher and you're only paying him $3 million, 
then you have a ton of money that could be used for who? Right. But that's <laughs> that's the big thing. Now, does Benintendi fit their needs? I don't think Andrew Benintendi fits the Cardinals' needs. He's a, he's a nice hitter, but I don't know that he's significantly better than Lars Newtbar. You don't know what Michael Conforto is. He sat out last year. So I, I would I give Michael Conforto $18, $19 million? No. I, would I give him $5 million? Yes. Would I sign him to the Corey Dickerson deal? Yes. But I, I don't see that left that oomph impact left-handed bat on the market right now right. with Bellinger off of it. And, and I will say this. I am not mad that the Cardinals didn't sign Bellinger for, for $17.5 million. Yeah. I would think more around twelve. Just because of, I know what he has been, but what he's been the last few years, he hasn't been that. So, seventeen million for me feels very steep. I know that's the market value, but I wouldn't have felt comfortable going that high. And he's got a much better chance to resuscitate his offensive numbers at Wrigley than he yes. does at Bush. Yes, I'm with you, Randy. What's five million on a one year deal? I mean, what's, yeah. the, what's the difference between twelve and seventeen on a one year deal? That's right. it's literally. That's almost nothing. Come on, that's, that's until until you need to spend it elsewhere. That's a that's a good game. That's a good game in July in ticket sales. Come on now, that's yeah. nothing. That's nothing. That's that's five millions. Nothing. Well, they're flush right now. Come they, on, they just made a bunch of money from the sale of Bam. Right? Uh, didn't each team get an extra twenty million dollars? So. Oh, oh, the Bam sale? They, it, uh, it, it, it finalized. It was fifty, wasn't it? Was it fifty? I thought it was going to so, be fifty. Yeah. I thought it was. It was originally announced so. it was supposed to be fifty per team. But they just closed it with the final okay. percentage. So yeah, so it might have gone down then. Yeah. So you, you just put new money in your pocket. Spend that. That's and by the way, it's, the Dodgers have won one World Series in a shortened season with Cody Bellinger. It's not like he's Babe Ruth, but you he would have, I think, given the Cardinals a really good opportunity to have a really attractive middle of the lineup. And now, if they want to have that sort of middle of the lineup, they're going to need. One of two things to happen, based on where we are right now at 7.44 on December 7th. Either Gorman's going to have to ascend, or Tyler O'Neill's going to have to play a lot and be what he was two years ago. And we don't know if either one of those things are, no. are going to happen. Right. That's the scary part of, of all of this. Is That's why you want to go out and get guys that have done it at a high level. And you, you assume that they're going to continue to do that. You can't be playing the free agent and trade market like your Flash. No. Flash. <laughs> Going very fast. Did you hear the one? <laughs> no, about... no, 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 I can't do it. I, I, I love the movie, but God, that part makes me want to get up and kick the TV because I'm just like, talk faster. <laughs> You're just waiting for the punchline. Like, oh, oh, come on. Now I get it what it feels like to be a Cardinals fan. And, and, oh, this. And, it dawned on me. This is what the textures feel like. Oh. The stamp at the DMV is the best. It's great. Hey, coming up, get your text into the Air Comfort Service, text line 65780. We've got Take It or Leave It coming your way on the opening drive. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? Want to put it out there? If you can take it, if you don't, set it right back. Get your text into 65780 and give us your take it or leave it. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final offer. Take it or leave it. Get your text into the Air Comfort Service. Text line 65780. Carrie, Matthew, and Randy, and CD. 
In Deion Sanders' first team meeting with his new Colorado Buffaloes team on Sunday, first team meeting, he laid down some of the ground rules that included no earrings, no hats, or no hoodies in the meeting. A photo of the meeting shows Deion Sanders wearing a hat. Take it or leave it. He should abide by his own rules. <laughs> leave it. Do as I say, not, <laughs> not as I do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> when you're the head coach, you know, I would assume that that's the first meeting. Maybe I would have to look at all the other meetings that they, they videotaped when he was at Jackson to see if he did abide by those rules. But he mm-hmm. is the head coach. I, I, I'm sure, <laughs> you know, he, he gives himself a little bit of leniency. I uh, would say so. <laughs> why, why no hats? No hats. I, uh, I want to see your eyes. I want to make sure you're awake. I want to make sure you're alert. It mm-hmm. gets dark in those meetings. And so when you have a hat on or a hood on, you turn the lights off. I don't know if you're awake or not. Why no earrings? He said, eh. everybody's going to look like everybody. That's what he said. By now, you're about to feel it. You can feel what I'm saying. You can feel where I'm coming from. And you know, I am playing because I've got the credentials to back it up. But he wants everybody to look like everybody on the team. He wants Everyone it to be a to team like... with a capital T. Yep. Team of of, of I prefer, us. I prefer Will Ferrell's Everybody Love Everybody more than Everybody Look Like Everybody. Uh, but that's just me. Rock, I have a Deion story. Sanders saying don't wear earrings? That's what yeah. I'm saying. <laughs> I got a, I got a story. Time, what? I got a story about earrings, eye patches, and pirates. I will tell you all later. Okay. Can't wait. <laughs> I can't, can't tell you. Gasparilla. Gasparilla. Randy, the the Blues have an issue with allowing three goals in a period. Take it or leave it. If they just stop that, they will win more games. Oh, absolutely, hundred percent. Take that. Yeah, cut it down to one, baby. That one is yeah. fine. One is enough. I can live with that. It, it, you don't have to give up three. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. Well, is there a record? Like it has to be. They have to be approaching yeah. a, some type of record for for you know most goals allowed in a period for consecutive games. It has to be. And are they at seven now? I think it's eight. Eight games. I, I believe it's sixteen of their twenty-six. That's ridiculous. That's crazy. That Especially, is that is just not putting bodies on people. Right, and that is in a period. And we'll go back to the stat that we had with Panger yesterday. In the final 48 games of their Stanley Cup season 2019, final 48 games, they allowed three goals in a game 17 times. They've allowed three in a period 16 times in 26 games. If you're the goalie, do you just, at some point... In frustrated, I would break my my, my, my stick over the. I over think the goal. that Jordan Bennington has come pretty close. I, 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 would, yeah. I would snap it over my leg like Bo Jackson. <laughs> Matthew, what do you got on the text line? Take it or leave it. The big left-handed bat that Moe is in talks with is Matt Carpenter. I'll uh, take it. Yeah, I'll take it. Oh no, leave yeah, it. Hey, no shift. Leave it. <laughs> no Randy, we we we, we don't that have to. Okay, every no lefty. shift. Every lefty's getting better. There are better lefties. No shift. Way no golfing, buddy. Wait, so, wait, so, fine, fine. No shift, way no golfing, buddy. And tomorrow, I'm personally going to get a bulldozer. We're going to lower that right field porch mm. in Bush Stadium. Are you bringing the fences in? Yes, we're going to lower the porch and bring the fence <laughs> okay. in. We're just going to recreate the right field in Yankee Stadium in Bush Stadium. That's why we're signing Matt Carpenter. It might be cheaper than getting an actual legitimate left-handed bat. It's a shame that this didn't happen. Five or six years ago, because Matt Carpenter would chew the National he, League up and spit it out. He would have with the new rules. He would have. He, I mean, he would have had so many hits in the season. Yep. It would have been. It would have been absolutely ridiculous. Think about how many line shots he hit to playing. the second baseman in short right field. Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs>
Yeah, it, uh, to, to answer your question, could you, with Matt Carpenter in his prime, can you go to a World Series with him as a defensive player? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. You because did. he's going to, yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you did. You so, did. so, and, yeah. And he's going to give you much more with, yeah, with his offense. This, yeah. This, yeah. He's a top five MVP guy. Yeah. Uh, does Mr. Sanders know that he's now in a Cowboy state where hats are mandatory? Well, that's a good question. He lived in one or lives in one. Well, listen. He, he, he is going to uh, make some decisions that are going to rub some people the wrong way. And here's my fear for Mr. Deion Sanders. You can be you when you're winning, and everybody loves you when you're winning. That team went 1-11 last year. They are, you, you talked about USC getting 20 transfer portal kids mm-hmm. coming in to, to help that team. They're going to need 50 in order to <laughs> – they are going to need 50 kids to transfer in or to sign – as 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 uh, freshman coming in to be good to be competitive, Kerry didn't he tell his current Colorado players, "Hey, go into the transfer portal." He did. He <laughs> told them, hey, "If you if you uh if you don't want to work and if you don't want to be here, it's cool. Go to the transfer portal. Yeah. Don't worry about it." Uh, let's see what Colorado's got just next year to give you an idea from a schedule standpoint. They. They open up at TCU. <laughs> TCU, the, the Final Four TCU, the team that's... Uh, yeah, yeah. Fi- okay. Then that one, they, uh, they that has a lot of players coming back next year, I do believe. Yeah, another non-conference against uh, Matt Rule's Nebraska Cornhuskers. Then they get Colorado State, big-time rivalry. Uh, win those. Then they get to go to Arizona State, Arizona at home, Oregon State at home, Stanford at home. Then you get USC at Oregon at UCLA, at Utah. Yeah. You are those four in a row. USC at home, at Oregon, at UCLA, at Utah. Gonna be some tough games. Utah's gonna punch them right in the mouth. Yeah. They they have they make no bones about it. They like they I like watching them. I like teams that like to punch people in I the do mouth. Too. Yeah, they were they, they were fun against <laughs> it USC. Does something for me. Yep. Take it or leave it. O'Neal is going to bounce back and have a great year. And take it. He's spending the offseason here. He's having some steaks. He's doing some yoga, getting all stretched out. No more pulled hamstrings for Tyler. There Thanks you go. No text Greg Amesinger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's been big on him the whole time. I really hope he does bounce back. Take it or leave it. The Cardinals should overwhelm the Guardians in a trade for Ramirez or Bieber. The Guardians are pretty insistent that they aren't going to keep those players. Keep in mind that the Guardians were a playoff team this past season. And Bieber, they just signed Ramirez. Ramirez wants to be there, kind of like Arenado here. He he wants to be a Guardian, and he just this past season signed a big extension there. And they brought back Tito Francona, and they're adding because they think they can win. So I don't think that they'll move Shane Bieber. And I don't know if the Cardinals... I, I will say the Cardinals don't have the ability to overwhelm them because they don't have anybody close, major or minor league, that can be what Shane Bieber has been or is capable of being. Take it or leave it. Michael Walker would be a good addition to this pitching staff. I'll take it. Yeah, I thought about that. I saw that. You know, yeah, he, he, he bringing them back. Yeah, if you don't care about getting only like 120 innings, <laughs> that's you got, a really good guy. Yeah. You got you got you got uh, Wayno and and Miles Michaelis to. Take yeah. care of those innings when in their yeah. starts. So, I wonder how long it takes. If you sign Michael Walker, how long does it take before he gets hurt? Oh, Randy. That's, if you sign Randy. Walker, you better sign Quintana, too. Randy. He did throw 127.1 innings last year. Is that his most in a while? Uh, he threw 165 for the 2017 Cardinals. In 18, he threw 84. In 19, he threw 126. 20, the uh, COVID season with the Mets, he threw 34. 
With uh, Tampa, he threw 124 in 2021 and 127. So he is a he's a five inning starter, maybe a five inning starter. What I want I mean, for the bullpen? They all are, aren't they, Randy? Well, that's not what I want. <laughs> I think he's the perfect kind of player. Like we, we talked about before about how there's a little bit of a, of a huddle up, and you and you said, how do you get guys to sign when you can only promise them maybe 200 innings? I think he's the perfect guy you sign, put in the bullpen to start, and if you do have the injuries that we, we always have, you then can lengthen him back out into a five-inning starter and maybe then maybe he, get He can't, he get can't pitch out of the bullpen. Way. His How's, rehab, since the shoulder stress reaction, his rehab – in the four days between starts is such that he is physically incapable of pitching out of the bullpen because he can't pitch any closer than every, every fifth day. Hmm. Well, that changes. And, you, and, and I, I, you're not going to get starting pitchers to just willingly go to the bullpen. I, I, I am firm believer. No, you got to sign him to big money and yeah. then yeah. Tr- yeah, sign somebody just, else. Yeah. We're looking at you, Stephen Matz. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's gonna be a weird, it's gonna be an interesting discussion yeah. for sure. Uh, take it or leave it. John Mozeliak leaves the winter meetings without doing anything significant. Take it. Today's you, last day. You missed our last segment. Yeah. Flash. <laughs> take it. Stop it. <laughs> it we no, will one more. Get. Take it or leave it. I'm cutting your mics. <laughs> take it or leave it. And Uncle Randy should have at least one holiday baking segment, maybe two this year. If you want them, you got them. But we need. Uh, I, I need more than just one text. I need. Validation here. <laughs> I'll do it if I get validation from you people, but that's it. Guys, do make, it, make, do a, it. make a mind. Make a mind. Doesn't just wake up in the morning and give give these hot takes and these, these trivia answers just like nothing. He runs on praise. I do. Randy. Randy. I love to hear Randy. that. Randy. See, there you Randy. go. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Randy. Hey, coming up. Now we know why Andrew Luck retired. And there's a great piece by Seth Wickersham at ESPN.com that tells us why next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the opening drive's fresh take. Brought to you by Schnooks Rewards. It pays to shop at Schnooks. Download the Schnooks Rewards app today. Five in St. Louis, your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Carrie Davis, I want to start this segment, today's fresh take, by asking you what you thought when that night uh, a few years ago, four years ago, occurred in which Andrew Luck, in his prime, stepped to a podium during training camp and announced that he was retiring. Absolutely shocked. I think because I they were a team that I was, at the time, feeling that could be a Super Bowl champion team. Uh, they had him. They had a lot of lot of pieces that they were putting together, and I, I felt like he was the the one, obviously the quarterback that that could take them to a championship game. I think they had just lost to the Patriots the year before in the AFC Championship mm-hmm. or, or the divisional round, and it was a it was it just felt like they were on track to be a, a championship team. And when he steps up and says, "Yeah, I'm done," you're like, "Whoa!" It was probably one of the most I mean, you, you've been watching sports a lot longer than I have. Probably, one in my time, one of the most surprising retirements. Magic Johnson would be the, the number one. But mm-hmm. this, with Andrew Luck, no no issues like that, just saying I can't do it anymore. It was it was very shocking. Yeah, there, there, there are four in Magic. 
at least right off the top of my head, the two Lions, obviously, Calvin Johnson, Barry yeah, Sanders. Barry Sanders for me, yeah. And then, uh, and then Andrew Luck. And Seth Wickersham spent a lot of time with Andrew Luck over the summer. He has a great piece up at ESPN.com. And there was so much that Andrew Luck, even though he loved being a quarterback, but he didn't get about being a quarterback when he came into the league. And I thought one of the interesting parts of the article was he shows up and everybody in Indianapolis expects him to be just like Peyton Manning. And he's 22 and he says, I have no idea how to run an organization. And Peyton Manning, he had run that organization. And he goes to Anthony Anthony Costanza, Costanza, his left tackle, and he says, Hey, what am I supposed to do as a quarterback? How, how am I supposed to feel here? And Costanza said, you're supposed to think that you're God's gift to the world. And that's just <laughs> not who Andrew Luck is. But you've played with yeah. quarterbacks. you played with Peyton. And even though they might not feel that, that's the way they're programmed to feel because they're quarterbacks. Randy, I think every player has to feel that they are the greatest player playing the game. I, I've said this multiple times. When I played football, when I was on the Pittsburgh Steelers, I... And it, seriously, no lie, no joke, felt like I was the best player on that team in my mind. And in order to be successful, you have to feel that way. I was on the team with Hall of Famers, with future Hall of Famers. And I truthfully, <laughs> as as crazy as that sounds, felt like I was the best player on that team. That's the mindset you have to have. And to be a quarterback, to be an elite quarterback, it's, it's really a gift and a curse because – it's the thing that got you there. It's the thing that drive that determination. That, those are the things that allow you to to fight through injuries, to fight through hard times, through hard practices, through hard training camps, uh, sessions, and things of that nature. But it's a curse because you really begin to believe that, and that's not who you may want to be. So it's a tough deal to to try to figure out that balance of football and life. And I think that's what Andrew was struggling with. And here's the money paragraph in this story. Luck had had multiple shoulder surgeries, had difficulty coming back, had missed seasons. Rehab was exceptionally tough. And like we said, he didn't look at himself as a guy that was God's gift to the world as a quarterback. So, quote, something had to give. One day during training camp, Luck confessed to his teammate Costanzo that he was once again asking himself, who am I? This time, Luck's answers were different. He was not just a quarterback. In the offseason, he and Nicole had married, and she was pregnant with Lucy. He had responsibilities and promises beyond himself and the Colts. He was coming close to saying out loud what he had disclosed only to Nicole and a few others, that he wasn't sure he wanted to do this anymore. Not could, wanted. He had proved that he could play at a high level. He had received plenty of praise and criticism, enough to know that neither of those things mattered. It was admirable that he was able to see the bigger picture, Costanzo says. For him to continue on his life as a quarterback, he would have essentially expected it to be Andrew's world. And every relationship in his life would cater to Andrew's world, which is not the person he wanted to be. So he retired. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, when you are an NFL player, a starting quarterback, everything does tend to revolve around you at times. And and it's not like you're trying to make it that way. It just ends up being that way. And, and people treat you differently. People talk to you differently. They, they, they are, they, how they act or interact with you is a different way than if you were just, you know, doing something different in life. And so it, it, it does become a burden. It does become, and I know people are listening, like, oh, he, you're, you're making no. X amount of dollars. You have no clue the amount of stress and, and, and internal things that a player can deal with despite how much money they make. The money helps, but it does not take away that internal pressure that you feel. And Carrie, you lived this and were in training rooms. I was in 
facilities and sometimes in training rooms, but especially on Mondays. And what we see on TV is glorious. All right. The product is glorious. But what happens to football players on Sunday afternoon that causes what happens on Mondays is gruesome. It's bad. There were there were times Monday, Tuesday, where I did not want to get out of bed. Like, I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to move. It hurts to breathe. My body is so sore. And you're talking about a quarterback, you know, at least in, in most instances, when you're playing fullback, when you're playing running back, you know who's hitting you. You can you can initiate some of that contact. If you're getting hit from your blind side, this man had a lacerated kidney. I, when I heard a lacerated kidney, I said, oh, my God, I didn't even know that was possible. <laughs> How can something inside be torn yeah, right, <laughs> or right. lacerated, cut? It's on the inside of your body. How hard do you have to get hit to have a lacerated kidney? So when your body is beat up, banged up, those Monday morning, Sunday night, Sunday afternoon, you feel wonderful. Like I said, you you stand in line, get your little shot, mm-hmm. you're good to go. But, but ra- around midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning, if you're still up, which you probably are because you, you're still adrenaline is still there, still coming down from it. When you wake up Monday morning, you are in pain that that is indescribable. It's hard to to put a a number on the amount of pain that you have when you wake up on a Monday morning from a football game. And that essentially is why Andrew Luck retired. It's a long read, but a worthwhile read at ESPN.com by Seth Wickersham. And again, the headline of the piece that we've been talking about from ESPN.com is... you got to scroll a long way up. Yes. Andrew Luck finally reveals why he walked away from the NFL. That CD, I'm Randy. Coming up, Bernie Federico to talk about the Blues victory here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We're talking everything St. Louis Blues as we head into the Blues booth. Presented by Boardwalk Hardwood Floors, a proud partner of your St. Louis Blues. Find your perfect new floor at our four convenient locations and online at BoardwalkHardwood.com. Long Island last night over the Islanders and at the moment Colorado holds the final wild card spot. They're actually tied in points with Calgary at 27 apiece. The Blues get within three of those two teams with the win last night and carry one thing that you and I have maintained is that at some point the Blues are going to have to go on a substantial run to solidify a playoff spot. And this month I think is just a tread water month. If if they can just hang in there and be within three or five points of a playoff spot. They'll have a much better opportunity in January, February, March to make the playoffs. But I don't think this is a month where we can reasonably think that the Blues are going to make that run, not with the schedule they're having to deal with. Yeah, they, they are going to have to, as you say, tread water, but just play better defensively. I, 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 am, I think when I look at this team, I, I don't have a lot of fear that they can't score goals. They, they, they don't. They struggle sometimes in five on five, but they 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 are able to put the puck in the net. The issue is the goals that they're giving up and the amount of goals that they're giving up in a period, which is extremely frustrating. It's mind boggling. You don't really know what is the cause of that, and and it feels to me if you just stop that one thing. Mm-hmm. I asked you yesterday, is there one thing or is this the one thing that if you were to stop, your team would be better? And I, I think it is. They they won last night, but. 
you can't continue to give up three goal periods game after game after game and expect to win. And part of that is that they just aren't playing their game. The puck is spending so much time in their own zone. And it's a team predicated upon having the puck in the offensive zone. This is a league now where not much time is spent in the neutral zone. And the Blues when they were a big, heavy, tough team, were a team that would get the puck in and keep the puck in the zone. They aren't a big, heavy team. They're a skilled team, but they don't do a good enough job, in my opinion, of maintaining puck possession in the offensive zone, which it requires skillful, crisp passes, and not only the ability to pass. One thing you see from the Blues a lot is... The ability to catch passes mm-hmm. isn't great. Yes. And it's not an easy task to, to keep a puck on your stick that's passed to you. But the great teams do that. And the Blues, that's one of the reasons for a lot of their giveaways is that passes are either picked off or a guy just can't keep it on his it, stick. It's that sometimes they're passing it too hard. Sometimes it's not a great pass. It's out of reach. And sometimes it's getting deflected. And, and, and on the defensive end, when I'm watching – they're not putting bodies on anyone to stop people from from continuing to go forward. People are feel like it feels like teams are able to skate freely against the Blues and get into the zone and not have a a, a fear of of being stopped. And one last thing that I that I continue to see that bothers the hell out of me about this team, and I think it bothers the hell out of Jordan Bennington when the Blues get in the crease and they rough up another uh, a goalie. There are players on that team that come and choke that guy out, pull yep. a mop off of him, get the hell away from our goalie. When it happens to Jordan Bennington, no one comes and does that. And that, to me, is a problem. And as I said, if I'm that guy, if I'm the goalie, I, I would be frustrated. I would be talking. Somebody has to say something or do something. And and I know Craig said, Craig Berube said the other day, that's not the way to go about it. That doesn't solve anything. That doesn't help anything. But what does? Because someone has to help me and come to my defense when these guys are running into me. Not wrong there, but the Blues also have a horrific penalty kill. So you go choke a guy out, you, you wind got, up in the box, you and you're going to have me you, fishing you, the puck out of your guess, own net. Guess who's going to be standing on his head because you did that for him? Jordan Bennington. Thomas Grice. They're going to fight their ass off for that two minutes to make sure that they don't, because you did that for me, now I'm going to do this for you. And that's how good teams are. We stand up for one another and we fight and we we, we make sure we take care of one another. And I don't think, we talked about this before, I don't think there's anybody in the room that's going to foster that culture of taking care. It's... It's not like everybody doesn't care about each other. But I mean from a, a physical standpoint. If Kelly Chase in his prime is in that room, he is leading the charge, but people are following along and doing the right. same thing. They don't have that type of player now who is, for lack of a better term, it's the one Ken Hitchcock used all the time, dragging people into the fight. You need guys to drag people into the fight. And I don't think the Blues have that guy. David Backus was great at that. I don't think the Blues have that guy right now. And by the way, there aren't many of those guys in the league. There, there, <laughs> there aren't many guys in any league because there's a movement that you don't keep older guys around. And that's why I love what Miami does with Udonis Haslam. Mm-hmm. He might play 10 minutes a year, but guess what he's going to do? He's going to grab somebody by the throat if they come in. In those, two minutes, yeah. in those two mi- 10 minutes, <laughs> he's going to get kicked yep. out of a game. He's going to get ejected. He's going to, because you know that you cannot mess with this team as long as he's on it. And, 
the Blues need. And I'm not I'm not condoning a guy that's just out there dropping his gloves, ready to go fight every time he's on the ice. But you have to have a guy out there that will that you fear may punch you in the face if you get out of line. There is an old hockey adage, and we always go back because it's our point of reference to the Stanley Cup team. And what you want to be to win, especially if you don't have a huge amount of skill, is miserable to play against. It's the face wash. Yeah. It's it's that chokehold yes. like you're talking about. And I, I don't get the sense that this Blues team right now is, for the opposition, miserable to play no. against. It, it, it seems very easy. And as I said, it's easy access. It's not guys putting bodies on guys. It's not guys stopping guys mm-hmm. from, from getting into their zone, which is why the puck seems to always be in your zone and you're not on the opposite end because you're not putting bodies on guys and, 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 and you know, at least making them think twice about skating freely to, to go get that puck. It's just, it's just they won last night. They can't sustain winning that way if they continue to give up goals in that manner and not playing more physical. And I want to add one other thing here, going back to the beginning of the discussion. There was a play the other night where Jordan Kyrou tried the drop pass, which, if it works, looks really cool and and it's, it's great. But if you are a team, again, built on getting the puck into the offensive zone and maintaining possession, the puck should never go backwards. Right. Ever. And it led to a chance, and I think it led to a goal for the Rangers. You don't try that drop pass when you're in the situation that the Blues are in right now. There's The, the Blues have a very skilled team. They don't need to make it look pretty. And I get the sense that there are times when some of the players on this team are maybe trying to make it look a little too pretty. I like the idea of it. The execution wasn't good. And and I, I for me, I never want to take away anyone's creativity. I want guys to be who they are, and that's who you are. That's how you felt in that moment. You gotta make the play. The 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 it's just it's the other parts though. It's the if you don't make that play, now you got to hustle hustle your ass back and get back so that they and don't have know who's an opportunity. behind you. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. Don't, don't drop pass it to a, a guy wearing the other color jersey. That, that, that would help. Randy Tarasenko, um, uh, Robert Thomas, and and Jordan Cairo on the line last night. What did, what were your thoughts about that line? I'm intrigued. I, now, I, what you need, to, Vladdy is not playing like a 220 pound mm-hmm. guy. If Vladdy plays like a 220-pound guy, that line could really be something. Yeah. But Vladdy's got to go to the net, and it's not been his history. But at this stage of his career, with the way things are going for him, I think he'd be really well-served to become more of a power-forward type. Mm-hmm. He scores from distance. It, well, yeah. he, he scored from distance. But Kairou is the guy that scores from distance right. now, and you've got a great passer. If you're a guy that's willing to take some off the shins and off the butt to have him go in the net, <laughs> then that'd be a really good thing. And one of the guys physically that's capable of doing that on, that on this team is Vladdy. If Vladdy could transform a little bit not much just a little bit i think that line could be really fun it, i thought it, i thought it was interesting to see them all together because we asked i think we asked bernie last week about it and he didn't think it was going to happen uh when tarasenko came back but i i thought i think that that line i think robert thomas can get tarasenko going he's helped Kairou. Mm-hmm. I, I like them all playing together and as you said if one of them can get to the front of the net and you got to be willing to sacrifice some skin, yep. <laughs> some some body parts to to tip some pucks in, probably. But you know that that comes with the game. And at this stage, it doesn't look like it matters who Butchnevich plays with. Yeah. He's going to be an offensive force. Uh, this this text is just we love text. It's, it's so perfect it's from the six one eight. You don't understand zone entries. Just just that just that's it. That's the text. Just, you don't understand zone <laughs> entries. I think he's yelling at you, Randy.
maybe me. Or maybe Carrie. Yeah, probably me. All I know is I, I 100% agree with Randy. I saw the replay. It was like one of the split seconds a replay I saw the other day when they were um, when it was on behind us yesterday. He dr- does a drop pass on a power play, and they immediately turned it over yeah, in the neutral yeah. zone. And it's just, and, and it seems to me like that drop pass stuff was the problem pre Baruby with Yo, right? And then it got solved, and it became a more direct team. And really, their worst moments would be the same time now they have now. Their worst moments are when they cannot thread that pass that is so killer from the defensive zone through the neutral zone into the offensive zone. That's the pass that they always are trying to make. But even in their bad moments when they were winning, the lulls were always marked by that lack of passing. The problem is now the lulls are 35 to 40 minutes of the game instead of 7 or 8 minute blocks inside of the game. And here is what Craig Berube says. Don't listen to me. Listen to Craig Berube about the puck. The puck has to keep going north. It's it, You have to be a north-south team, yeah. and he, he always talks about the puck going north. You don't drop it south. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you can get into the zone, but, again, a drop pass. I, I might not understand zone entries, but I understand the puck going back the other way and fishing <laughs> it out of your own net. We also have a texter who's like, they, they, lo- they lost this when they lost the toughness of a guy like Alex Petrangelo. Listen, I loved Petro, but the guy got sat on by Jamie Benn, and no one did anything That's about it. That's one of the stupidest things I've ever heard. The, the, the whole Petro getting sat, sat on by a 240-pound uh, guy, that's one of the most absolutely asinine, ridiculous <laughs> things I've ever heard that people complain about that. He, how did that affect that game? It didn't at all. It didn't. No, that's just stupid. And there was more toughness. That There's a lot more toughness Patrick, on that team throughout the yeah, entire Patrick roster. Patrick Maroon, Steiner brought to that team. Uh, Petro, really nice player, but it wasn't the toughness of Petro that they lost that's hurting them. Skill of Petro, yes, but toughness of Petro, no. Also, everyone loved complaining about Jay Bomeister before 2019. And before all of a sudden the positioning of a guy who was that solid defensively became a huge problem. And we looked at it. And I think it's still one of the most underrated things of the 2019 run is just how perfect Jay Bomeister's positioning worked with Colton Pareko's ranginess and created such a great pairing. And I think people now look back on Bomeister and say, yeah, he was great that year. But in the moment, I think we can't forget that everyone was still harping on him because he wasn't the rangy player he was when they gave him the big contract. Yeah, they, sometimes you don't appreciate what you got until it's gone. One other text that we get here. Uh, is that every team in the league uses the uh, the drop pass when entering the zone? And my question to that texture is, how often does it work when you drop the puck to the other team? <laughs> I would say never. If they were a better yeah. passing team, maybe, but that's that's every game. That's their weakness. Coming up next, it's the fight on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight! In the red corner, average Joe Listener! And in the blue corner, the undisputed king of morning drive! Please welcome Randy Carricker! Welcome back to the opening drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Matthew Rocchio, and it is time for the fight. And Rock, you feeling good this morning? You got some interesting word choices here. Oh, you know me. I do too much. <laughs> I don't know if it's doing too much. I think it's doing just enough. So we are uh, we are preparing for the fight, and David is our fighter today. David, how are you doing? 
I'm doing good, Gary. How are you? I am wonderful. You ready to go? Uh, I'm gonna get one more right. Probably one right. Uh, you got to. We're ready, Dave. You, David, you got to feel. Gonna, he's gonna get got, three now. He's you got to feel he, better he about it. Jinx. He go. knows how the game is played. <laughs> All right, here we go. The Blues continued their interest, interesting streak by allowing another three-goal period against the Islanders last night. Who was the last Blues opponent that failed to score three times in a single period versus the Blues? Was the Anaheim Ducks, the Washington Capitals, or the Florida Panthers? Florida Panthers. Happy birthday to Kerry's good friend and NFL Hall of Famer Alan Fanica, the longtime Steeler guard and again NFL Hall of Famer, joined the Steelers in 1998 out of which SEC power school? Was that Alabama, Georgia, or LSU? Uh, Let's go Bulldogs. All right, David. Happy birthday to Hall of Famer Terrell Owens. Since 2000, only one player led the league in receiving touchdowns more times than his three times. Who was it? Is it DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald, or Randy Moss? Ah, uh, let's go. Let's go with uh, let's go with Moss. The Pirates won the first ever draft lottery for the MLB yesterday, winning the first overall pick. The Cardinals have never had the top pick in the draft since its creation in 1965. What is the highest draft pick the St. Louis Cardinals have ever had in their history? Is it second, third, or fourth? Uh, Let's go... The complete guess here. Uh, Let's go second. All right, we'll double-check our answers, and we will wave Randy Carricker in. How you feeling? Uh, I feel like I maybe not even got the one. <laughs> not a lot of confidence right now? No, I had to guess on each one. Oh, man. Uh, well, you know, sometimes guessing is okay, and sometimes you may be surprised with how well you did, or or maybe not. We'll find out here in a, in a second. Randy, say hello to David. David, good morning. How are you doing? Great to have you with us. Hey, good morning, Randy. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. You ready to roll there, I'm ready, man. You got your, what's that, Diet Dr. Pepper? You bet. You got some power energy uh, sources, some energy sources that we we need to check. My uh, friends at Dr. Pepper, man, they are the best (laughs) at providing energy. All right, Randy, here we go. All right. The Blues continued their interesting streak by allowing another three-goal period versus the Islanders last night. Who was the last Blues opponent that failed to score three times in a single period versus those Blues? This is good. Uh, let's see, seven. Um, let's see. I think we said seven or eight. Um, five. I'm. I think I'm going to go back to uh, the back-to-back wins against Anaheim, and then they started another losing streak. So I'm. Gonna, I'm going to go back to the the Ducks. All right, happy birthday to Kerry's good friend, Alan Fanica. The longtime Steeler guard and NFL Hall of Famer joined the Steelers in 1998 out of which SEC power school? I believe he was an LSU Tiger, if I'm not mistaken. I think he had a, a lot of LSU people at his Hall of Fame induction, so that would lead me to believe that he was an LSU Tiger. Alrighty, happy birthday to Hall of Famer Terrell Owens. Since 2000, only one player led the league in receiving touchdowns more than his three times. Who was it? Since 2000, huh? Okay, so in that era, yeah, you obviously had Moss, who definitely did it a couple times, maybe more. 
Um, it wasn't one of the Rams guys, for sure. Uh, and then you move on. I'll do the lifeline. DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald, or Randy Moss? Okay. I'm just going to do this based upon my fantasy memory. I don't believe that Larry Fitzgerald was ever a big touchdown guy, like on a regular year-to-year basis. And I don't think D-Hop has done that. So I'm going to still go with Randy Moss. All right. The Pirates won the first ever draft lottery for Major League Baseball yesterday. Cardinals have never had the top pick in the draft since its creation in 1965. What is the highest pick in St. Louis Cardinals draft history? I think it's when they took Braden Looper with, I believe, the fourth pick in uh, 1994. I think I'll go with, uh, with number four. When they wound up taking J.D. Drew... He might have been seventh or something. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to go with, uh, I, I think Looper was four, maybe three, but I'll, I'll go with fourth. It has, in fact, been eight straight games that the Blues have let a team score three goals in one period. So did Randy Carricker, again, the anti-Blue Randy Carricker, not that he's against the Blues, just that he's the opposite of the Blues. Did he continue his own eight-game streak, winning on this Wednesday to push his streak to eight? Or did David slide in, maybe like the Jets will do on Thursday, and ruin a little bit of a streak here for Randy Carricker? Ring that bell. The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. The fight is driven by Mobile On The Run. Join the On The Run STL Wash Club for a limited time offer of $5 a month. Download the app today. Just win, baby. David, he got you 3-1. to one. I'm sorry. You knew exactly how many you were going to get right before we even called you. You did get one correct. Let's go through those answers. The Blues continued their streak by allowing another three-goal period against the Islanders. The last Blues opponent who failed to score three times was, in fact, the Anaheim Ducks. So that is an eight-game streak for the St. Louis Blues. Alan Fanica, Hall of Famer, good friend of Kerry Davis. He came out of LSU. You were correct about that. The LSU Tigers. Terrell Owens Go led Tigers. the league three different times in touchdowns in his career since 2000. Who's the only other player to do it more than him? It was, in fact, Randy Moss, who did it four times, 2000, 2003, 2007, and 2009. It's funny that you say Larry Fitzgerald because I don't think of him as a big touchdown guy either. He actually led the league twice, hmm. which is tied for only like two other players. Not a lot of... L- multiple receiving leaders. Here's an interesting fact about Larry Fitzgerald. He caught 121 touchdown passes in his career. He caught half of those in his first six years in the league, and he had another, what, nine, ten years after yep. that? So, I mean, he he really he locked up almost 60 of his 121 in his first six years and then only had one more double-digit touchdown season after that. So, well, surprising that he's there. He was drafted in 04, right? 04, yes. Four, five, six, seven, so eight, 16, nine. Seven and after his sixth year, Kurt Warner retired. There you go. Oh, 
Very good. Yeah. You have a good quarterback. You're absolutely yeah. correct you about score that. score more touchdowns. And yeah. then number four, the Pirates winning the draft lottery for first overall. The Cardinals have never had the top pick, the highest pick. You were just off Randy Carricker. It was Braden Looper third, third overall in 1996. Oh, okay. That is the highest draft pick in St. Louis Cardinals history. Third overall. Randy wins this fight 3-1. to one. Thank you so much for playing, David. Yeah, thank you for having me. And quick shout-out to my buddy Corey. His birthday is tomorrow. So happy birthday, Corey. Happy, happy birthday, birthday, Corey. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Corey. Happy, happy birthday, birthday to you. you. Wow. Uh, when the Cardinals took Braden Looper with the third pick, Mark Kotze, who's now the manager of the Oakland Athletics, was on the board. And Walt Jockety had to be talked out of taking Mark Kotze and was, and that's when the Cardinals took Braden Looper, traded him, I believe, in the Edgar Renteria deal to Miami and then wound up bringing him back at the end of his career. So, I believe you're 100% correct on every piece of that. There you go. Uh, that's Matthew. That's Kerry. I'm Randy. Coming up on 101 ESPN, a little NFL fill in the gaps. Kerry and I will answer some, some NFL questions from you here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. All right, it is week 14 in the NFL, and you've got Thursday Night Football where Raider fans are going to take over SoFi Stadium when they take on the Rams tomorrow night. That'll be a lot of fun. But it's time to fill in some NFL gaps, and with the questions, here's Matthew Rocchio. Over the weekend, uh, Aaron Rodgers shown that even when he struggles, he still owns the Chicago Bears. They are 3-10, the Chicago Bears. They are the first team in NFL to be eliminated officially from playoff competition this year. They have a quarterback, it seems like. But do the ba- Chicago Bears have the worst roster outside of the quarterback in the NFL? Uh, I think when you when you have a quarterback that is as gifted as, as Justin Fields is, I like David Montgomery at running back. I do think their wide receivers are lacking. And I know they made the trade for Chase Claypool um, midseason. He hasn't really done much since he's been there. I don't know if that's just who he is or if he's still learning the offense or what the issues may be. Um, But you got Justin Fields. You got a lot with him. You just got to figure out some pieces around him that he can – uh, get the ball to. I like Cole committed tight end. He he he's started to come along after I think three or four weeks start of the season where he didn't have any catches. He's really done a, a, a very good job as of late this season. But you still have to get a number one receiver for a number one quarterback. And until they do that, it's going to be hard to to watch this team play football. They got rid of Robert Quinn. They got rid of uh, Roquan, Roquan Smith, Smith. Yep. Uh, before the season. They got rid of Khalil Mack. They. Don't think I have, I think, an average offensive lineman in the group. I mean, at least when you look at the Texans, they've got Tunsil at left tackle and they've still got Brandon Cooks. Uh, They've got some guys. Denver's got enough good players to have a good defense. I think that you're right on the mark there with the Bears having the fewest quality players of any team in the league. Oh, excuse me. Sorry, my mic wasn't working there. Over in the NFC East, it's a, it's a battle. We talked about this a few weeks ago. If all four teams could make the playoffs, will it happen? So I'm going to have you make you guys ha- make a choice here. Hitch your wagon to one of the Giants 
or the Commanders for that third spot and a wild card spot in the NFC. Who's going to take it? Who's going to drop out? You got to hit your wagon to one of those two teams to take that wild card spot and kick the other one out. There was a tie between the first two, but this this secondary matchup between them could be the deciding spot. Who are you hitching your wagon to between the Giants and the Commanders? I'm going to go Commanders, and they have looked drastically different since Taylor Heineke has started started at quarterback when Carson Wentz went out. They got uh, Brian Robinson who who had an unfortunate incident to start the season of being shot and has been playing extremely well. But this defensive line, Jonathan Allen, Darren Payne, Montez Sweat, and 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 whenever Chase Young is is back in the fold and healthy and ready to roll, they are going to be a a a th- that's the best defensive line in the in the league. So, you know, I, I am I am um I am well more optimistic of the uh, the Washington Commanders than I would be of the New York Giants. And I really like the job that Brian Dayball and his staff have done in New York, but I'm with you. And uh, I was going to mention the defensive line, but they have one of the best offensive line coaches in the league. He was here as the Rams offensive line coach in John Matsko. They have playmakers. McLaurin, Samuel have yep. done good things for yep. them in addition to uh, Brian Robinson. Heineke is... He's not more talented than Daniel Jones. He just seems more reliable. He, he you know what? I don't know. Uh, he he seems. It's it's one of those things where he doesn't feel like he's he's out of place. At mm-hmm. times, Daniel Jones, uh, and and the fact that he doesn't have any receivers to throw the ball to as well. He just got Saquon. Um, they don't have a lot of weapons offensively for Daniel Jones, but. Taylor Heineke, Heineke looks like a better quarterback to me than Daniel Jones does. And everything else being equal, even if the rosters were equal, give me Ron Rivera over Dayball because of Rivera's experience in going through things like ah. this. Also, we've seen some videos, Taylor Heineke having fun with the team. We see Chase Young from the get-go be like, this is the guy who I want leading this team. When you have your best player, most talented player on the entire roster grabbing a guy and saying, this is him, mm-hmm. it's different. Randy, would your answer change if I told you the entire rest of this season the Giants were wearing the 90s throwbacks? Unfortunately, no. Here's the thing. I do like, I There's do like so much better, and Saquon looks yeah. better in those jerseys. Yeah. I don't know what it is. The Giants just devastated at the receiver position. Yeah. Kenny Galladay never what the, what they expected him to be. Shepard is out. Wandale Robinson is out. They've just had so many injuries among their skill position players. It's really hard to win in this league in this day and age when you don't have those guys. Yeah. Looking back at the fight, um, I can't decide who's more surprising that he led the league in touchdowns for a year. Bernard Berrien or Kenny Galladay? Led the Barry. entire league in a touchdowns for his season. Who Barry and do it for? Yeah, he did it for the Vikings. That he, would be a is. better question. <laughs> yeah, because he was with the Bears too, right? Yes, he was. Um, but I would uh, Galladay. You know, he's catching it from Stafford, and yeah. he was the guy. Yeah. So that doesn't surprise me. Oh, sorry, I meant James Jones. I got the wrong. I got oh. the wrong NFC. James Jones team. with the Packers. Yeah, James Jones with the Packers oh, or I, Kenny Galladay. Then to- Ga- Galladay. Galladay. Yeah. yeah. Galladay is. It was only with eleven. It was a weird yeah. year in the NFL that year. We got some text messages coming in. This one is from the six three six. Which NFL team currently has the highest ceiling and floor in the playoffs? I say Miami. They can be lights out or terrible week to week. It seems. Hmm. It, 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 I would say the 49ers. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, just based on the amount of talent they have, it, it and now with the quarterback being hurt, you don't know if Brock Purdy is what he was on Sunday when he when he showed up and played extremely well, or is he going to be a rookie quarterback when the playoffs start? Because 
They have all of the talent. They have the defense. They have the receiver. They have the tight end. They have the offensive line. Mm-hmm. They are studs at every position. And and you probably, if you look at that, they, they have studs at every position. They, so, they are they are the team that. So we're talking about a, the widest delta for one team. Yeah. Yes. It could, could yeah, be the, the big, best or the worst it, come playoff time. It's the Vikings, and it's not even close. Ah. I mean, when you look at because the Dallas Cowboys game in, in Cousins, yeah, that's a good one. Because See, Cousins, I, he he could win you a game, yeah. thirty-five to thirty-four, but he could lose you a game by throwing three picks. He started off the last game zero for six, and it was zero yep. for eight. Something like he, he could not find a receiver, and it, he was thinking it up to begin the game. It, he is he is probably one it's of them. not just Cousins. When you talk about the variance of how often a team is able to put the ball in their most successful players' hands, there will be a game. Where yeah, Justin Jefferson gets twelve yep. catches, but James, but Dalvin Cook will get fourteen touches, maybe like nine touches, and then the next game he they, they lean on him for thirty three, and it's a completely different game plan. You never know what you're actually going to get from him. Heck, you don't even know if he's going to be healthy the next week. Kit, this one coming in from five seven three. How long do the Chiefs stay with Steve Spagnolo? Every time they have a big game, his defense seems to come up short. Super Bowls, AFC playoffs, the second half against the Bengals. Seems like you have to get to big games. I mean, he's getting there. I, I well. I don't know if he's getting there. I think fifteen on the on the offensive side yeah. is getting them there. But I, I I do agree. I think last year he held on to the theory of Daniel Sorensen being able to do anything for way too long. Mm-hmm. That is a stubborn man. If you if you if you can watch film and see that that guy was not performing and he's still trotting his butt out there, that's a stubborn person. Um, Daniel Sorensen is not no longer there, but. Spagnola does strike me at times as being that stubborn guy, like not willing to uh, uh, go against or go uh, in a different direction of what he already felt or what he already thought. And it could lead to a, to a potential of not winning championships or winning games because of it. I don't know that there is somebody where I say, okay, that's a defensive coordinator that's going to do better with the group of Chiefs defenders than Spags has. Andy Reid very well could get rid of him, but that I don't think solves all of their problems. If you have a different defensive coordinator with this group, if you had D'Amico Ryan's with this group, yeah, D'Amico Ryan's has got a lot of talent. He does have a lot of talent. Yeah, he, better he, talent than the the Chiefs have. Yeah, I agree. And one final one here from the text line. This is from the three one four. Is Casey smoking mirrors? Who have they beat? Really quickly, I'm going to tell you. The Cardinals, the Chargers twice, the Buccaneers, the Raiders, the 49ers, the Titans, the Jaguars, and the Rams. They have lost, though, to the Bengals, the Bills, and the uh, Indianapolis Colts by a combined 3-3-4 by a combined 10 points. Haven't they been to four straight AFC championship games? I would suggest that if you have Patrick Mahomes on your team, maybe it looks that way. Maybe it is. But I'll take that smoke and mirrors over substance any day. Every day of the week. Again, if you don't like again, you might not like their wins, but again, their losses are three three of two yeah. of the three best teams in the league by a combined ten points across three losses. They might not be dominating, but I think smoke and mirrors is probably a little bit too far to the other side. Yeah, I, th- I think I would take them. Yeah. Every day of the week. Yeah. If bit. you had to take KC versus the field, you would more times than not take yep. take KC. And then three one four with a parting shot said, Leave Spags alone, he has four pillows. Four pillars. Uh, faith, <laughs> character, team first, core values. Those four pillars are in place. I, like, I don't know what they mean, but they're what there. Are the core, I like, I like huh? how That's his, uh, he's got four pillars. Those are his four pillars? Yeah. I like uh-huh. how the texts are spelled at pillows. 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 Four, four pillars. pillars. We ain't going there. <laughs> Thank you, Matthew. Thank and you thanks much, for Randy. your texts. We do appreciate them. Next up here on 101 ESPN. Okay. We just got the blues and win. So the panic bus is kind of parked, but. With the Butchnevich and Krug out, 
Where do the Blues go from here? That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Randy and Carrie break down the biggest story of the day on the Opening Drive. It's time for today's Big Thing. Nine oh four in St. Louis. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. The Blues win last night over the Islanders, so the panic bus kind of backed back into the garage. Still running and warming up. It is a diesel, after all, and you have to keep it going. But the Blues head into a game tomorrow against the Jets, not knowing, we don't know right now, whether or not they're going to have Pavel Buchnevich or Tori Krug. Buchnevich is a key for this team, and... CD, even though many people don't like the way Tory Krug is performing, when he's out, you really don't have much else to put in there with any level of experience. And even though he's a minus 20, he does help on the power play. Well, that, they got to get to the power play yep. and they got to yep. have an opportunity to score. I, I talked about it earlier. I think the, the five-on-five offense and defense has need. I would like to see it better. I, I would like them... When they are on five on five, there are times when they're in the offensive zone where they're not getting pucks to their teammates. They're not passing crisply enough, and pucks are getting tipped. It's, it's getting going in the opposite direction. And then on the defensive end, as I said earlier, you're not you're not putting bodies on people and, and forcing the puck to come up off of their stick. There there are teams that are it's like the exact opposite of what we get in mm-hmm. the offensive zone versus the defensive zone and what we would like to get versus what teams are getting against us. They are they are able to pass the puck crisply. They are they are able to not have uh bodies up against them and, and forcing them to 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 struggle with the puck and handling the puck. So I think this team has to figure out a way to be more physical, and I and not all the time, but in in moments, in mm-hmm. key moments where you have to put a body on someone because it's being done to you, and so at some point you have to give that right. back to the opposing team. And when you don't, teams know there, there's going to be a, a, a thought process as this team as this season goes along about this team from opposing teams. They're soft. They're going to give up three goals. They're going to allow you back into games if you get down. Just keep going. Keep going with more force. They won't play with force. And that's going to be the the, the rhetoric of opposing teams sure. coming against this team. And when you get that that label, when you get labeled as a soft team or non-physical, it's going to be a long season and a long day every time you step out on the ice. And it's not a league where people have, number one, just one-dimensional goons anymore. We all know that. You have to have a tough guy that can play a little bit, but you do need to be more physical. Now, back to Buchnevich and Krug. The team is back home. Buchnevich with a lower body, Krug with an upper body. And Ruby said they won't know, the Blues won't, how long or whether or not they're short or long-term injuries until they get to the doctor and get them evaluated. I think that this team, if they don't have Pavel Butchnevich, is in big trouble. Well, because he's a goal scorer. He's yeah. a guy that, that you know... Really Robert, only consistent guy, right? He, yeah, he's a guy that can put the puck in the net and, and does not have to be uh, pretty or clean all the time. He can just make it happen. And, and he finds a way to get the puck in the net. You would hope that Vladimir Tarasenko, with Butchnevich being out, would step up into that role because... That's what he is, and that's what he's shown his entire career to be as a goal scorer. And hopefully now, with um, being on the on the line with Thomas and Jordan Cairo, 
I think he's going to have more opportunities because I think Robert Thomas is doing a a fantastic job with the puck and getting it to guys in the right places. Um, But he's just got to score those goals when they come up. And Vladdy, he spends a lot of time, in my eyes, being invisible. And a player with that level of skill, he, he can skate, he can shoot, he can pass. And it's not like his numbers are terrible, but it just seems that there are times... Long periods during a game where 91 is just not a factor, yeah. and and that needs to change. You keep talking about how guys need to keep their skates moving, yeah. And Vladdy's one of yeah. those guys. He just needs to keep the skates moving. He, he, do you feel like it's a a I, because it's hard for me to to fathom a year after where a guy just falls off a cliff because of age or because of you know just just time there's only so much tread on the tires do you feel like he's kind of at that point where maybe he's falling off the cliff and, and not performing well because of that or is it just something else i think it's probably a little of both because he is 31 years old he's played in the league since he was 20 mm-hmm. and it seems to me that he's Obviously, he should be highly motivated this year, right? And he's always been a guy that that scored. So it just seems to me it's one of those situations where he's out of sorts and he needs to to find his game. Every athlete goes through periods where they can't find their game. And that's where Vladdy, for me, seems to be right now. It it feels like each person on this team is taking a, a certain amount of time. A few weeks ago, we were talking about O'Reilly not being able to find his 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 mm-hmm. his way about it. And then before that, it was Kyrou. So it's like all of them. And I think it, it probably is, it has to do with something with the lines, just figuring out who are the best line mates for one another, who they play with best. And and like I said, hopefully this line of Kyrou, Thomas, and, and Tarasenko can get him going um, because it's just not, it's been kind of, you know, in and out from 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 game to game. Kerry, that's the biggest loss when when you talk about losing Perron. A mm-hmm. lot of people say we overrate the loss of Perron, and it's not just the one guy; it's the trickle down effect because he makes O'Reilly play better. Right. He allows takes a little pressure off of Tarasenko because Perron is a twenty five goal guy, and so the, there isn't a great. Uh, as much pressure on Tarasenko. A guy like Perron takes the pressure off of youngsters. So it's not just one thing. It's not just his game and his departure that has caused the Blues to suffer. I'm one of those people that believes that the the entirety of what David Prom brings to the table is sorely missed by this team. I, yeah, I mean, if you're looking at it right now, well, I would agree. And by uh, the way, does a lot of the things that you're talking about. He's he's a guy that if the goalie gets run, he's going to get in somebody's face. Right. And he, he's going to be somebody that is miserable to play against. Teams, other players on other teams, they didn't like and don't like playing against David Perron. And you shouldn't. You should have that, – that should be – who you are. Teams should not look forward to to knowing, oh yeah, we're going to have easy access. We're going to have free access. It's going to be we're going to be able to skate and not get roughed up or not get uh put into the boards and 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 if we do bump into the goalie, they're not going to do anything. There are there has to be a standard at some point that is set by someone. And like I said, it's not about, you know, being overly physical and 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 dropping your gloves and and doing it that way. 
it's consistently being a certain way which will allow you to be a better team. Sandpaper is the ideal example for this. When you play against a guy, it's like rubbing against sandpaper. Every time. Yeah. You don't want to. You And so you go out of your way to, to get around or get from around yeah. that person, which inconveniences, inconveniences you to get into where you want to get to. Yep. Just that's, makes it a little harder. That's Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker. That's today's big thing on 101 ESPN. Coming up as Mizzou continues preparations for the Gasparilla Bowl in Tampa. We're going to talk to Mizzou Linebacker Chad Bailey next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Randy Carricker, we're efforting uh, Mizzou's Chad Bailey, but until we get to Chad, a couple of things about college football. Number one, Jim Leonard was the interim head coach at Wisconsin during the year. He announced last night on social media that he is leaving the Badgers after their bowl game, December 28th, the guaranteed rate bowl against Oklahoma State. So, Two days ago, CD, Wisconsin lost their quarterback, Graham Mertz, who was a top 15 player when they recruited him, and he started for the last two years for the Badgers. Now they're losing their defensive coordinator in Jim Leonard. And uh, yes, they did a great job in hiring Luke Fickle as their head coach. But there's a pretty significant talent drain going on in Madison, Wisconsin right now. Well, I mean, you, you, Jim Leonard is, is a guy that, I think felt like he deserved the job and was going to get the job. Uh, a former Wisconsin Badger, I think he felt that that was a position for him. And then when you sign a new coach, you 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 can stay, but sometimes it, it may be frictionary, especially for the new head coach and for yourself, knowing that you wanted that position. You, if you're the head coach, you may look at, at Jim and say, hey, you know what, you're, you're questioning everything I do because you feel like you would have done it differently. So it, it probably makes the most sense for him to move on. Um, and I'm sure he's frustrated because I think he felt that there was his time to become a, a head coach and, and he got bypassed. Two years ago, he was the first choice of Matt LaFleur to become the defensive coordinator in Green Bay. He turned the the Packers down to stay at Wisconsin as their defensive coordinator, and the Packers subsequently hired Joe Barry away from the Rams. Joe Barry is not a good defensive coordinator, and he's probably out with Green Bay after this season. I wonder if they'll revisit Jim Leonard now. Jim Leonard may be the only person that bypassed a defensive coordinator or offensive coordinator in the NFL to stay in college yeah, and coach right. college kids. That is, <laughs> you, you don't generally hear of people choosing to stay in college just because it's so much recruiting, it's so much time. You're dealing with 18 to 22, mm-hmm. 23, sometimes 24-year-olds that may not be as mature as adults are. So um, I, I, he, he'll get another opportunity, and he knows that. Um, but I'm sure this is just a little bit of frustration knowing that he got passed by for that opportunity. i got to get your opinion on this. Last year, during the offseason, Mizzou was hot after former USC and Georgia quarterback JT Daniels. He transferred out of USC to go to Georgia, transferred out of Georgia to go to a new school. He chose West Virginia over Mizzou, and now he's entered the transfer portal JT Daniels looking for his fourth school, one that will prepare him, CD, for the NFL. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know. I, I think that at some point you have to take a hard look at yourself and say, you know, what is it about me or what am I not doing um, that is, is affording me certain opportunities? And, and if you are starting at a place and then lose your job, the, the, the chances of you going to another school and, and gaining another job is, is going to be difficult because they're always recruiting. Your film is out there. You're on your fourth school, going to potentially be your fourth school. It 
if you're an NFL scout, when you're looking at these draft, these transfer portal kids, this is something that these young men need to remember as well. To me, that tells me a lot about who you are. Are you willing mm-hmm. to fight? Are you willing to work through a situation? When it gets difficult, are you going to fold? And in some instances, you know, you may look at a kid and say, hey, this is not who he wants to be. And and so I'll give you a story. I have a – Carl Reed is a good friend of mine. He's mm-hmm. coached, you know, a bunch of kids, and he talks to a lot of kids um, that, that are in the transfer portal or wanting to get in the transfer portal. And he he talked to a specific lineman or a specific uh, guy that he was – he had – he's known for a while and had, had been helping through this process – and transferred a couple of times. And I told him, hey, make sure that this is his last time. Because if you can't handle situations in 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 college with coaches or or this, how the hell are you going to block Aaron, Aaron Donald on third yeah. down? Yeah. How in the hell are you going to be prepared mentally or physically to block someone that you know third down he's coming after the passer? Because you 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 you're starting to have a a runaway from from circumstances type of mentality. So I would just say if you are if you are a kid that is transferring multiple times when you get to the NFL or mm-hmm. if you are even able to get to the NFL, it's going to be difficult. Another guy who transferred this year was Coach Sonny Dykes, who left SMU to yeah. go to TCU and in his first year with the Horn Frogs has them in the college football playoffs. Sonny Dykes gets an extension through 2028 with the Horn Frogs. Carry an interesting career. Three years at La Tech, he goes twenty-two and fifteen. Then he goes to Cal, Sonny Dykes, and goes nineteen and thirty. And then he goes to SMU and goes thirty and eighteen before going twelve and one in his first season at TCU. You think a guy named Sonny Dykes just didn't fit in in Berkeley, California? It's possible. I mean, you know that that, that he's he's Sonny Dykes sounds like a guy that should be in Texas somewhere, and it seems that he's found a home in TCU. Yep. He played. He did a really good job at SMU as well for the time that he really was there. Um, and so TCU, they're rolling. They're going to be in the Final Four in the college football playoff. Have an opportunity to play against a Michigan team that. It's going to be a tough game for them, mm-hmm. but you know you're there, and and that all of that helps, you know, building the program and building on recruiting for the for the coming seasons. If I had a college program, and if I was an AD or a board of trustees member, what's the point of extending a coach for one year? Eh. Twenty seven to twenty eight. You give him you give him an extra year, but. If he's offered the Alabama job when Nick Saban retires two years from now, gonna be he's buying that out. <laughs> he's taking he's it be right. Buying that out. Yeah. Not gonna, maybe that. Maybe it added to the buyout. Maybe that added money to to the salary, but added money to the buyout. If he were to uh, want to to go elsewhere yeah. in the near future. And congratulations to our friend, former Mizzou coach Barry Odom. He has been named to the new head coach at UNLV. Uh, and what you hear beeping. Am I beeping? Yep. <laughs> it shouldn't be me. I don't, know. I, I don't hear any beeping. I don't know what's going on. Okay. I don't okay. Uh, but Barry Odom. Uh, so you got to tell the Barry Odom story. Well, we were having a conversation. I was at, at the University of Missouri one day. And uh, <laughs> it is. Are we? There we go. Let's see if we can stop that. Alarm set. There we go. <laughs> you guys have better ears than I do. I, I'm, I, I do have. I hear things sometimes. This is from football injuries, so sometimes <laughs> I hear beeps and noises, and I see spots. So I thought maybe I was losing my mind, but Rock helped me out because he heard it. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm going crazy in here. Here's the, no one hears this beeping, but there's, me. there's not many things that cause my 
blood pressure just skyrocket more than a, than a, a sound in the studio that I can't pinpoint. And also, my headphones right now are deciding not to work, so I couldn't tell if this no. was going out over the air. Oh, if yeah. it was ambulance, if it was just like I don't know, if it was in the studio that could be be caught by the mic. So yeah, I was just having you know a, an audio engineer's worst nightmare for about thirteen seconds there. That was yeah, fun. That's good. You know, uh, so my Barry Odom. So we were, I was at Mizzou taking some kids up there while he was the head coach. And uh, he made a crack about Illinois. And I said, yeah, you know, everybody can't be great and go to Illinois. It's okay. And he kind of stormed off. He was a little frustrated. I guess he wasn't used to being spoken to. He's a head coach of a SEC program. Mm-hmm. Not used to having nobody talk to you like that. And Especially when he's a grad. Yeah, I, right? I didn't care. And I'm a grad of Illinois, so yeah. you're, right, right. <laughs> you're not going to uh, make sly remarks about my esteemed right. university. Before you storm off, Coach, love you. Hope to get you on the show here. But before you storm off, don't lose to Middle Tennessee State in the homecoming game. That that that's a start. If you're an SEC school, that's a start. There's only one way to solve it. We have a former linebacker and a former running back. Oh. Oklahoma drill. Sign there's there's only one way to I solve got one, I Oklahoma got, drill. I got one or two in me. I think Barry's what, 48, 40? How old is Barry? Yeah, probably. 45. Yeah. I'm, yeah. He's a little bit older than me. I got yeah. a little more juice. Yes, you do. I got just just enough. Uh-huh. Not, we don't want to get carried uh-huh. away. I got Barry, a Barry Odom's 46. Yeah, well, he, okay, he's, he's older than me. Yeah. yeah. I got a little more juice in me. What about Vrabel? I would get, oh, him, he's too tall. When you're tall, you have no chance. It's just the mm-hmm. law of physics. I, Barry is about he's a little he's right around my height. Yeah, so right. so therefore, you know there's a there's a there's a cause a little bit cause for concern. But when you're tall, <laughs> Mike Vrabel is like six four. And please, that's how he caught all those touchdown passes. Yeah, you run right through his chest. He's too high. So Chad Bailey was in class. He'll join <laughs> us coming up in uh, just a few minutes at nine forty-five. But next up, we've got rock and roll for you here on one hundred and one ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. And Jeff Passan verifying that Jose Quintana has signed a two-year deal with the Mets for $6 million. So Jose Quintana now off the board. And it'll be interesting now to see where Carlos Rodon goes. And by the way, the Mets, with a pretty impressive group now, with, with Scherzer and Verlander at the top, and then you add Carlos Carrasco, and you have Quintana there, and you'll probably bring, bring back Chris Bassett. Pretty good rotation there for the New York Mets. Also, um, Jeff Passan throwing out uh, Kenley Jansen going to the Boston Red Sox. Two years, $32 million. Wow. 16 per for Kenley Jansen. They always spend effectively on closers in Boston. (laughs) (laughs) But I want the Cardinals to be throwing that much money per year at a a 30-something-year-old reliever. Come on, Randy. Cardinals are playing the long game. Cardinals are playing chestnut checkers. Here's the thing. Here's why I'm a little bit worried about that, and I wasn't going to jump into this, but here's why I'm a little bit worried now about the Cardinals is you get – the tone-setting deals now. Now the next few deals are going to be decided by all the deals that have been signed, and then you're not going to get the market. You know the market's not going to reset again until guys are sitting around in February saying, "Well, I got to figure something out here." Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Are the Cardinals now just in position to be the team in you know late December, January, just kind of making moves as the market kind of resets from well, the big spike today? They still haven't. No catchers have moved, right? Yeah, that's true. So they could trade still, market or the or the money yeah, market hasn't been set. They, they could still wind up with theoretically the first catcher that comes off the board. I 
I didn't think that they would get a guy like Quintana unless the market for him came back and it, they weren't going 2-26 and 26 on Quintana. So we know how they operate. We, we know the Cardinals' mo. Thirteen million a year for Quintana. Is that what we yeah. said? Yeah. W- yeah. Would you have Would you have felt comfortable with that? Uh, I I don't think that that one would make much sense for the Cardinals. Okay. I would think that he would be better on him. I figured maybe one and eleven for him. I don't think he's that much better than Stephen Matz. Okay. And Matz is making eleven million a year. Yeah. I understand the, the frustration, but it's early, and, and, and hey, there's still uh, there's still one day left in the winter meetings for the Cardinals to actually make something happen. Speaking of GMs uh, and, and maybe getting the axe, I know a lot of Cardinal fans would love it if it happened, but it's not happening here, but it is happening a little bit down the road in Tennessee. Didn't get to talk about this a little bit earlier, so I wanted to hear. The Titans have fired GM John Robinson. They were 5-27 and the two seasons before he took over. They are 66-43 and under him. They are on their way to a third consecutive AFC South Division crown. But he's without a job. Your thoughts, just your your reaction, and maybe what's kind of corrected over the last 12, 15 hours of reporting with the news out of Nashville firing the GM. Well, when you trade a wide receiver, don't have him light it up against you when you play against him. <laughs> Start there. That, yeah. that, that was bad that, optics the way it happened. Yeah. Like that. that was not great. That was a bad and and you trade away a receiver that is your best receiver, and then don't have anything or anyone to replace him. I know they drafted Traylon Burks out of Arkansas, but, but he, 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 they have Robert Woods? Yeah, they, so they drafted Traylon Burks out of <laughs> Arkansas, and Robert Woods hasn't been playing poorly, but he's not A.J. Brown, and neither is Traylon Burks. So it, it's it's a difficult task when you have a quarterback. You know you're going to run the ball with Derrick Henry. You got a quarterback that is iffy at best at times, and you trade away his best option, his best receiver. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it, because you don't want to pay him, and then he comes back and lights you up. It, it's a difficult, it's a difficult thing for the Tennessee Titans, and you got to look at where they are right now and where they where they look like they're going to be. They're going to win that division because that division stinks as well. Um, it's not really great teams in that division, but they're not going to do anything in the playoffs again. If I had to guess. My guess would be that Mike Vrabel has accumulated sufficient power there to be able to go to ownership and say, look, the players I have aren't making it happen. I need somebody to evaluate talent for me better than the current guy. The the roster has gotten worse over those three division-winning seasons, but they kept winning the division. And so I think, again, I think Vrabel started accumulating more power with his success on the field, and without the continued success in the roster getting better over the years from the GM side, I think he started getting some cachet and some argument, and there began an argument where he said, somebody else needs to build this team, and maybe you give me a little bit more insight into that decision. Mm-hmm. You gotta you gotta have... I'm looking at this draft pick, these draft picks, and they don't have... Yep. They, they haven't done great in the last... Three years. The last good draft they had, they drafted Jeffrey Simmons and A.J. Brown in 2019, one and two, uh, first and second round. But since then, it's been a lot of names that you would be trying to figure out who the hell they are. And they're not not a lot going on. So John Robinson is out of job, and I'll be interested to see. They promoted somebody from within the office to be the interim, and I wonder if that person will just maintain the job, and basically it'll be – Mike Vrabel that chooses his players. Absolutely. So let, him, let him, if he's going to cook the dinner. Let him buy the groceries. Yep.
Let's jump on over to the NBA, by the way. If you if you watch uh, just the, the, the best pregame show ever on TNT with Kenny, Shaq, and Charles, you will see last night that when they made their infamous run to the board, Kenny pushed Shaq into one of the Christmas trees, and his feet oh. are pointing out of the Christmas tree like it's a production of the Wizard of Oz, and just the entire tree is covering all of Shaq, and you just see his feet. Just Google on Twitter, whatever you want to do. A, Kenny pushes I, Shaq. He pushed him last he year. He pushed him last year. He pushed year. him last year. Okay. And let's uh, he pushed like him again. He like took the tree down. It was a tiny tree. This time he pushed him into the big tree, and he went completely under it, like he's a present under it. Here's here's my thought process, though. Listen, I know he's an NBA player. Kenny Smith, you know, doesn't take no crap from no one. But the, the fact of the matter is, Kenny Smith is six three in shoes, and Shaq is seven three in shoes. Bad decision, Kenny. This is like this is like if there was a Christmas tree here, and I decided to push Carrie into it. Know your coworkers, people. But Shaq loves that kind and of Shaq stuff. Shaq does, and I love that is that is the best show on TV. Yeah. I, I absolutely love what they do, how they talk about the game, but how they have so much fun, and 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 it's just it's just four guys up there talking about everything, and but having fun while they're doing it. Just kind of like you and I, Randy. Yeah. You, yeah. me, you, and Rocky. We're, we're we're just three guys in the booth in the I studio. Just, I just don't think just having a I don't wonderful think time. Davis is handling that the same way Shaq would. By the way, maybe. Think about the end of that situation. I'm no longer six one in shoes. <laughs> Last night in the NBA. Anthony Davis left the Lakers 116-102 loss to the Cavaliers. Guess what he was wearing at the end of the game? Street clothes. Yeah, Randy. (laughs) Randy, I'm so glad you brought this up because had we done rock and roll yesterday, and I meant to do it actually the day before, at some point we were going to talk about how Anthony Davis has this incredible one with the Lakers. They've won seven out of their last nine, and across that stretch, Anthony Davis was averaging 35.3 points, 15.6 15.6 rebounds and almost three blocks on 65% shooting. I was going to say, hey, Street Clothes is back. He's playing healthy. And then literally, we wait one extra day to talk about this topic. And now Street Clothes <laughs> is back. And Here's now the thing. he's played an eight, and now he has an eight minute appearance with one point. Two re- three rebounds and zero blocks because he had to leave the game because of flu-like symptoms. Nah. It's not the same thing as him getting injured, but come on. How perfect is it that we wait one day to talk about this and it walks right back into the street clothes joke? There's one notable player that played a hell of a game with flu-like symptoms. <laughs> and really? I clearly, yeah, LeBron he, he, James? <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, okay, bye-bye. Michael Jeffrey Jordan, oh, greatest okay. player of all mm-hmm. time. Flu-like symptoms, went out and had a hell of a game against the Utah Jazz, had to be almost carried off the court by his co coach, his his, mm-hmm. his co-host, his guy that, that is there for him through thick and thin and Scottie Pippen. You telling me Anthony Davis couldn't do that last night? Wasn't the finals. It doesn't matter. I think Michael Jeffrey Jordan would have done it whether it was game one or game 82. Some people, when they aren't feel, feeling well, have the best games they ever play. There you go. So it, Show up and play. No not, complaints. Not AD. He I'm, walked off the court gotta, giving people. And, and, and yeah. Here's the other thing. Here's the thing that bothered me most. He walked off the court and LeBron James stuck his hand out. If you're sick, mm-hmm. keep your hands to yourself, man. Yeah, right. Don't touch yeah. me. I don't want to get sick, too. Flu-like what are you doing? Flu-like symptoms is what he apparently been was coughing with. into his hands all damn game. Here's, here's a, he goes to Darvin Hammond and says, I got a tummy ache. <laughs> My tummy hurts. I am going to give Anthony Fla- Anthony Davis some credit where credit's due. He does have a nice wardrobe. Prior to <laughs> which we see often. Yep. The first the first 12 <laughs> games of the season, his best game score which is which is a one number boiled down from a total of your performance, his best game score was 24.8 across these last 10 games. He has an average game score of over 33. Wow. He is it completely brought his game up, but it was just the fact that it happened the way it did 
was so picture perfect. Amazing. I can't believe it. And the, the now I'm not going to leave this topic on because something horrible might happen. But your Boston Celtics are the best team in the NBA. It's not even close. They shoot better than everybody else. They defend better than almost anybody else. They right now relative their plus minus relative to the rest of the league might be the best ever if it continues at this pace. And one of the reasons is because Jason Tatum Tatum is absolutely killing the game. Last night he had 31, 12. Uh, and three, a couple nights before that, he had 49, 11, and three. He's absolutely taking over. He's in the MVP discussion, if not at the very top of it. And because of him, the, ta- the Celtics are the best team in the league despite losing their head coach. So I guess they didn't need Ume Adoka. I don't think Apparently so. Not. You get players, you, you yeah. players make the coach. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. you go. What's, uh, their, what's, their, what's their coach's name now? I have not. You tell me. Mazzola? Yep. Yeah. Joe Mazzola? Yeah. I'm telling you what, it, there there's is. just something about that kind of name. It just it rings true there with you the ears. It just, there you go. Something about it. Yeah, he's a Northie. He's a Northie. Something yeah. about it. Yeah. Uh, that is Rock and Roll on 101 ESPN. We're going to head down the stretch next with Kerry, Rock, and Randy. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Judge agrees to a nine-year, $360 million deal with the Yankees to stay in New York. The Giants were among the finalists for his services, and there are reports that he turned down more money than he got from the Yankees, making a last-minute, last-ditch effort, CD, the San Diego Padres. Padres were after Judge. They've got Soto. They've got Machado. They've got Tatis Jr. They were looking at Trey Turner and, by all accounts here, made a last-minute ditch effort for Aaron Judge, too. They must have an endless amount of money as well. They they yeah. don't care about anything. They're just going to go after whomever they can get and pay, pay uh, absurd amounts of money. They want to win. Yeah, the, the, yep. I, and if you're if you're a fan of that of that San Diego Padres team, I'm sure you are excited to hear that they are attempting to go after these stars. They did it with Juan Soto, uh, Josh Bell in, in at the trade deadline, and now you you know they did a couple of years ago that they are trying to actively trying to win a championship with the best players. And uh, can you blame them? No, watching Padres Phillies games next season should be a lot of fun. <laughs> Two teams that are. Acting like the evil empire, and the evil empire strikes again. Gonna by be the a way. lot of home runs hit, yeah. a lot of balls hit out of the park. Yeah, I'm glad that Aaron Judge got the deal at forty million dollars a year because I believe he should be the highest paid position player. And oh, by the way, with him getting forty million, how fortunate are the Cardinals that Nolan Arenado didn't opt out and doesn't have any more opt out outs left. He's got this contract and he's going to be a Cardinal for the next few years. Which is 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 amazing in itself because in a time where people generally go and do what's best for them in terms of opting out to gain more money or get more money, he decided to stay here. Now, we thought that when he decided that, that meant that there was going to be some pieces that were going to be added, some named pieces, some guys that you don't you 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 collect their baseball cards, not mm-hmm. not guys that you you have to look on the ba- back of the baseball card to figure out who they are, and so I'm I'm hoping that we are still in a in a position to go get maybe one or two of those guys. I don't know who, who they would be other than Wilson Contreras. We talked about the other shortstops that are still out there, and, and you don't believe that, that they're going to get one of those guys. So it's 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 a catcher, and and who else? What else? 
would be left that you would say that's a name guy that can help this this organization win a championship next year? I don't think the Cardinals will pursue a guy like Nathan Evaldi, although he would be really a, a good get for them. The Cardinals aren't going to be on Chris Bassett or Corey Kluber. Uh, Aya wants to pitch here. I don't know what his market value is right now. I don't know if the Cardinals seem to be a team that's thinking probably two-year deal at most, but not as much money as Quintana got. And then you just have to look to the relief pitcher market, and it's not going to be a closer, especially when you look at the deal that Kenley Jansen just got, 2-32 and 32 from Boston. So it's going to be mid-level relief pitchers. I'm guessing, CD, that when these meetings are over and when the Cardinals start spring training, they will have added a catcher somehow, some way, and they will have added maybe a bullpen arm or two. Maybe it'll wind up being Guillermo, what's his name, the guy they signed last night, the minor career minor leaguer. But, but maybe... Uh, Guillermo Zuniga. Zuniga, there you go. Looking on the back of the baseball yeah. card to figure out where you're at. Let me put it this way. <laughs> we, as a fan base, are not, when spring training starts, we are not going to be happy with the way that the offseason unfolded. No. I mean, they're not happy. Fans, if you are reading this text line, they're not happy now. Your disappointment level from 1 to 10. Well, at the moment... It's a five because I don't know what they're going to do. And they said that they plan to have a catcher by the end of the winter meetings, which, and today they'll be flying home tonight. And by the way, Mosaic did back off of his prediction that the Cardinals would come home with a catcher. If, <laughs> but the, the, thing, really? the thing here, guys, is that even if they get a catcher, even if it's Wilson Contreras, maybe he makes up for the offensive loss of Albert Pujols, but the Cardinals needed to add a bat anyway. So they still need to add a left-handed bat somehow to this group, and they still need to add, as far as I'm concerned, more starting pitching depth that they just don't have. It's going to be a tough road ahead if they don't. Yeah. they got to find they got to do it sooner rather than later. Yeah, it's really disappointing. So that's, that's, that's just the way it's going to be. And uh, the, the Cardinals, Mo said that his plan, the Cardinals' plan, their, their MO, was going to be tested by this market. Right. And I think they're, at the moment, they're failing the test, right? I think so. And when you are looking at this team, you're looking at an outfield of Tyler, Tyler O'Neill, Dylan, Dylan Carlson, Lars Newbar. And then that, in the future, Jordan, Jordan Walker. Walker. Does that does that knowing what you know about Tyler O'Neill and and his health issues, what you saw from Newt and what you saw from from Dylan Carlson, are you confident that that is a a lineup or an outfield that can help this team win a championship? And I think if you were were to ask most Cardinal fans, they may say no because you don't know what Tyler O'Neill is, you don't know what Jordan Walker is. We all uh, have heard of of all of the the awesome things and the accolades and and the expectation, but we don't know just yet. So now you're looking at a at a team. That is essentially the same team from last year, Randy. Yeah, right. <laughs> and 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 so, are you are you confident with the exact team from last year, minus Quintana and and, and a few Albert. other and Albert and Yachty going into this upcoming season? I'm not. And there are moves to be made, but they they aren't. It, it appears right now doesn't look like they're going to be impact moves. And while the Cardinals remain stagnant, the Cubs have added a pretty good starting pitcher in Jamison Tyone to their rotation that already has Stroman and Hendricks and Justin Steele. Keegan Thompson had a good year last year. Uh, they add 
a guy like Cody Bellinger to an outfield that had Chris Morrell, and Chris Morrell might be more effective for them on the infield, but they had a gold glove quality shortstop in Nico Horner. Uh, Madrigal is an ascending player at second base. They can use some help on the corners, but you plug in Cody Bellinger as a DH or as a center fielder, and all of a sudden that lineup is pretty threatening. And with the way the schedule is going to work out, you aren't going to be able to dominate against Cincinnati and Pittsburgh anymore or whatever Milwaukee does. So right now, if you look at the landscape of baseball, I don't think if you're a Cardinal fan, and it's still early, still December 7th, but I don't think that you can be thrilled with the way things are going for the Cardinals or their opponents. A name that keeps getting thrown out there is Brandon Nimmo. What are your your thoughts on him? I don't think the Cardinals will pay Brandon Nimmo. What is he? I like what him. is he looking for? He, he's a left-handed hitting center fielder, and the Blue so. Jays are interested in him. And my guess would be that he'll probably be a five-year, hundred twenty-five million dollar guy at the best. At the best. So we'll see. Not for us. I don't think so. <sighs> hey, don't forget you can join in the holiday spirit uh, with uh, this year's Twelve Days of T-shirts campaign, hosted by the Fast Lane and One Hundred One ESPN. Donate at least twenty-five bucks online now through this coming Monday, December twelfth, to support the Little Bit Foundation. You're going to get your choice of either uh, Jamie Rivers or Brad Thompson One Hundred One ESPN jersey as a gift for your donation. Make sure your donation is in place. Do it now during the Fast Lane's Twelve Days of T-shirts campaign at One Hundred One ESPN.com. Twelve Days of T-shirts powered by McBride Homes. We have T-Mac and Ajax coming up with a balloon party on 101 ESPN. Let's see how Tim McKernan sounds after getting yeah. uh, root canal yesterday. As I thought that was yeah. a, a a three to four day injury, a, yeah. a week long. You got to take a couple of days off for that. Yeah, not he's tough. He's a he, tough he one. Have to. I, tougher than me. Oh, are we going to give away tickets? Yes, we are. All right, let's do it. Okay, last thing we're going to do today is give away tickets. And each day this week, 101 ESPN has your chance to score a Cardinals holiday ticket pack. Today's winner gets a five-game bobblehead pack for the Cardinals 2023 season, featuring a pair of tickets for five weekend Cardinals games that include five bobblehead giveaways, including Nolan Arnato, Roger Maris, and more. Cardinals holiday ticket pack started just 54 bucks and are on sale now, including the bobblehead pack at cardinals.com slash Holiday, and you can win that Cardinal Holiday picket net Ticket Pack now by texting us at 65780. Oh, and Matthew has a question. I got a quick, quick trivia question. We were talking about that outfield. So, the 2022 St. Louis Cardinals, which outfielder had the most RBI? In the 2022 St. Louis Cardinals, which outfielder had the most RBI for the team? All right, there you go. Uh, great job, sir. Thank you, Matthew Rocchio. Pleasure. And CD, this was fun. It always, always is, sir. Happy hump day, everybody. Thanks for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. Till tomorrow morning at 7. Have a great day, St. Louis. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. 
While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.